Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle of people that make it and occasionally ourselves. I am Camille Foster. I am joined by distinguished men of greatness and excellence with many talents. And we're not going to do the whole thing where we talk about the fact that I'm not mentioning our professional affiliations again, because you know what? The only affiliation that matters is the fifth column podcast. I'm with Matt Welch, Michael Moynihan, and you, dear listener. And I'm delighted that you've come back again to the world's finest podcast. We, we, we take a great deal of time preparing for these dispatches. We want you to have a delightful experience. And um, gentlemen, how are you? You, you sound you sound like a steward. I, I feel like, I feel <laughs> like oh, I'm sorry. What do you call them now? Flight attendants. Yeah. Uh, you sound like you know we take a lot of yeah. time making sure that you're comfortable on That's Delta. Right. Um, Your safety. And I'm sorry for getting laid off. That we you know, from that horrible place. <laughs> we don't have to talk about Well, no, I'm just saying that's why it all it screwed up. It just beginning. changed. It used to be like Matt's it's not screwed up. It's just changed. My more efficient. I feel I feel great about it. Yeah. Um, and also, your yeah. seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just show the videos now. Yeah, yeah, and I was on a I was on a plane a couple days ago, and it was it was like <laughs> it was like the most hilariously deliberate. Like the only thing they care about is ethnicity, and it's like the video. There's like you know a, a Native American. There's like uh, somebody from the Philippines, and then an, I'm looking around in my plane, and I made this joke, and I shouldn't do this on a public thing. This is probably why I don't have a job. But I looked around, and I was like, in my plane, it's all gay men. <laughs> I, I don't know what I, I don't know what's happening. This is just I'm not seeing this. I know that's what you aspire to, but it's just a bunch of gay men did, here, all whom are very. Did you nice, just take the very puddle jumper from Fire Island again? I mean, that seems like you could. <laughs> my 14 my so, yeah. 14 year old i was driving her to a thing this past weekend in englewood new jersey I thought you said she i thought you were getting ready to say she was driving i say holy shit soon enough that's soon enough that's soon. That's not soon. not in this country um and she had a friend with her in the back seat and oh, we're going over the brooklyn bridge and it was nice but also she was looking around saying you know you know what would be real boss would be it shouldn't say boss because that's a mm. old person thing to say yeah, but yeah, whatever yeah. you know no it would be slay it groovy yeah <laughs> <laughs> is instead of like driving through all this stuff in new york you just took a helicopter and i was like you know your boy camille <laughs> and she was like camille king yeah he's the only one who slayed yeah. and then she like that's tried true. to explain yeah. camille to her friend yeah and i think yeah. he became not just a billionaire, but maybe a trillionaire. <laughs> it's amazing. Imagine if Thomas Sowell was a billionaire. That's what she said as a 14-year-old. <laughs> so your your crap values of wanting to be Elon yeah. Musk's retarded brother are uh, are my 14-year-old's values, too. Yeah. That's who she aspires to be. Yeah. He's it, like Larry Elder, but more successful. <laughs> really? That doesn't sound right. This is more mm-hmm. handsome. Right. And if, if by retarded yeah. brother, you mean like amazing, more <laughs> handsome brother who he loves and buys planes and stuff. I'm fine with that. That's yeah. fine. That's, that's fine. That's I'm unaware of the of I think family. Get, I, want to point, I want to point out something else. I'm Googling um, uh, right now Uh-oh. because Camille, um, we, were t- we were talking about where we start yeah. this. 
uh, idiotic show. And uh, Camille's very excited about Oscar nominations because every year he's crunching numbers to see if Oscar's so white this year. Uh, they never are. Um, but I don't know, best um, picture category. Uh, so I don't, is. Well, this year, so I didn't, I haven't, I didn't know anything about this mm-hmm. stuff. So I don't know what, I don't know any of these movies. Um, I've heard of, I've heard of some of yeah. them. Um, but, but, um, so I just had to look them up. So if you want to talk about this, I have seen uh, one of them. Which one? Which I've seen one, did one you of see? them. Top, top Tar. Oh, you, you saw, saw tar? tar? No, I haven't seen Top Gun. Oh, you saw Tar the reason and I haven't Top seen, Gun. That's why you're well, flying from Fire Tar- Island every, every weekend, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if I can Olbermann this, you, sir, uh, are the worst uh, v- motion picture viewer in America. That should be a new category. No, I, I the reason I haven't seen uh, Top Gun Maverick mm. uh, is because I wanted to see it in the theater in like 8K. Yeah. With like a uh, you know uh, you know certain special glasses on, yeah. Now you're gonna have to wait for but, like you a know, revival it, or something. This is a problem. Yeah, well, that's what I'm gonna yeah. do. That's what I'm gonna do because now I was like, it's on the plane. I'm like, I'm no. gonna watch this fucking yeah. thing on like a. You want to go screen. full Hunter Biden sliding down that slide, man? <laughs> oh, totally <laughs> flopping around. Okay, helmet on, one handed. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it in 480p. <laughs> this is not. This is not. Well, did you good. like Tar? Because I I wanted to see that but never got around to it. So, it, no, yes and no. I mean, I liked parts of it, but it, it was one of those things. It's like, it was one of the things like what, what plagued kind of early, the early serious Woody Allen movies, mm-hmm. which was the over emphasis on being intellectual, like oh, so God. much so that it's right, yeah. right, right, right. You know, yeah. so at the beginning that she is being interviewed um, by uh, like, I think Adam Gopnik. The actual Adam yeah. Gopnik from New Yorker is on stage. And it's like, people don't talk like this, even in interviews. It's like, it's just how somebody believes an intellectual yeah. speaks. And it just rings really yeah, hollow. Yeah. And, it, and it was it was frustrating. It is an interesting movie in some ways, because there's, a, you know, a main character who's kind of me too and not, and is, a, is, is gay and is not like a good character in a lot of ways, is like respectable and make some really kind of smart points at the beginning when a student objects to learning about, you know, certain composers because they're like old dead white yeah, men. Yeah, I saw that. I and saw she that has clip. like some pretty, yeah. pretty interesting responses to it. And then there's like kind of a me too subplot, but it's a little convoluted mm-hmm. and it, it's like, it's someone trying to be overly intellectual. And it could have been a the, better movie. The bad guy in the film, right? To, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, I was rooting. For it. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> it's like I, does it, it says a lot more about me than what they intended. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Does she like so that more girls movies than the rest of you guys? That's funny. Well, I just got a message from a friend yeah. of ours. Um, we've been trying to set up a little guest appearance tonight, and he just said, "Yeah, just uh, so maybe we table this discussion." Oh, is he coming? Because we have. I think our friend Ben oh, Dreyfus no. wants to oh, come no. on and, and have a chat. Okay. Now, Ben Dreyfus, of course, is the son of famed actor Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so he knows a lot about the movie industry, uh, having grown up around it and, and, and being a, a Nepo baby, as they call yeah. it now. Uh, so maybe we talk about it okay. with him. That's, that's that? a good plan. Are, are we supposed to- Yeah, I just told him to send him a link when we want him yeah. on. Wait, I'm supposed oh. to send him a link now? 
No, I told him, him I would. I can send him a yeah. link. No, I haven't yet, but I'll That's send him a link. Because you, you, you can't send Ben a link and say, give it 20 minutes. He's going <laughs> to press the thing immediately while he's like smoking meth and like tweeting offensive stuff. Oh my God. So we have to wait. Okay, you know? we'll throw out the whole script after this. Well, maybe before he gets here, we could talk about Ukraine really briefly. He tries to jump out of the plane right when it's oh, taking off. Yeah. Like you got to, you got to get to some altitude I know, first. I know. So let's try, let's try to get to thirty thousand well, feet. Can I, can I ask first, about Ukraine so. quickly then, while while we're still in, yes. in the semi serious mode? And uh, yeah. things are are rather wild there. There are a couple of big, big developments. Um, one, there's a bit of a corruption. Um, house cleaning taking place uh, in Ukraine. About a yeah. dozen yeah. Ukrainian officials were dismissed yeah. um, for various misdeeds, allegations of corruption, looks like some sort of um, uh, abuse yeah. of power, embezzlement kind of stuff going on there. Not a standard Taking free trips to Spain. For Ukrainian like officials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. kind of wild to see it happening while they are so deeply embattled and also odd to see it happening at a time when a bunch of uh, NATO member states have decided to give Ukraine <clears throat> tanks. Uh, things are yes. escalating pretty severely um, in that conflict. Um, and the Russians have been putting the spurs to Ukraine um, in a bunch of different ways. Uh, and the and having some Western powers too, yeah. have responded by finally <clears throat> yeah. capitulating to demands that well, – not demands, but requests from the Ukrainians for a very long time for tanks. Um, it looks, sounds like they're also requesting some advanced fighter jets as well now. They might not get this, but yeah, um, they're requesting that. But this yeah. is a this is a pretty substantial um, escalation, and we, we're getting more kind of bellicose warnings from uh, Russian Russian uh, leaders uh, and the various talking heads who are on state run media. Uh, some of whom have suggested yeah. that they will nuke Berlin today. There's so, one person who does this all the what, time. You what know, do we What do we keep. make of this? Um, are we any more concerned um, about the possibility of some sort of wider escalation? And what What are the kind of formal things that you guys think about when you think about what limits the U.S. in particular and perhaps NATO in general mm. like ought to be thinking about with respect to their entanglement? I mean, this this feels like a kind of it has. Everything that you would expect in a world war in the sense that the armaments and munitions and vehicles that will be deployed on the battlefield are manufactured in all of these different NATO member states. Uh, you've got, mm -hmm. you've got yeah. UK, German, US tanks, like all there um, being sent to yeah. the front. And it's, it's kind of wild to watch things on, to continue to unfold um, and heartbreaking um, but there are genuine concerns and growing concerns, um, especially amongst kind of anti the anti-war crowd um, who are deeply concerned yeah. about escalation here. Um, I know many of whom listen to this podcast sure. and many of whom uh, have sent very thoughtful emails about <coughs> this. And I do encourage that the thoughtful disagreement because I disagree with them. And by the way, everyone who has disagreed has been actually really nice about it and said, Hey, I think you're crazy and wrong about this and, you know, worth addressing in, in um, sort of more detail at another time, I guess. But at, at this moment, I would say that this is not the escalation. The escalation is coming from Russia. I mean, there's a promise from the Russians and, you know, a lot of intelligence that suggests they're going to throw everything they have 
at Ukraine in a new offensive coming pretty soon. I think that's kind of some of the urgency with uh, the tank questions, right? And, you know, it's not even just the tanks. I mean, we've given them a Patriot missile battery. They're being trained in Oklahoma on how to mm-hmm. use it. There is people being trained uh, in England on how to use, you know, other equipment. You know, there's there's been, you know, Poland has a lot of these Leopard 2 tanks, which are German tanks, and they want to give them to Ukraine, their neighbor. And they're not allowed to do that because in the process of a- acquiring these tanks, they there it comes with a lot of stipulations. You can't just say, hey, thanks for the tanks. Now we're going to give them to ISIS or something like that. The Germans object, and particularly uh, Germany post-1945 with its kind of pacifist ideas about about foreign entanglements. And, you know, uh, Douglas Murray mentioned a Paul Berman book called Power and the Idealists about uh, Joschka Fischer and these kind of 1960s, you know, left-wing Germans who who got into government around the time of the of the crisis in the Balkans. And, you know, it really tested them. Like, what do we actually do? You know, we say never again, nie wieder in German. Like, that's what they say. But like, what what about Bucha? What is happening in Ukraine? Do you want to? So Olaf Scholz, the 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 um, chancellor of Germany, has been under in- incredible pressure from people in NATO and people at home to provide some of these Leopard 2 tanks. Um, they have just submitted to this. It's not a lot, right? They want a lot more. And the United States is giving M1 Abrams tanks to, and there's, you know, you can say, which tanks are better at which things. And you also have to be trained in these. Um, you know, we've trained Iraqis in the M1 Abrams tanks. We're now going to be training Ukrainians and they have to be trained obviously in these Leopard 2 tanks too. So they want a lot um, more than this and they want fighter jets and they want all these things. But it's actually a funny thing because it actually reminds me a lot of World War II uh, prior to America's entry in yeah. World War II, the biggest debate in America I mean, it was enormous debate. And, and, you know, most Americans were opposed to entry in World War II until the Japanese very foolishly bombed Pearl Harbor. And, you know, a handful of days later, the Germans, for the first time, had abided by a friendship treaty and decided to declare war on America. We did not look declare war on Germany. It was stupidly, crazily declared war on America. And at that point, even the most isolationist people in Congress, like Hamilton Fish, people like that, decided, said, okay, we're we're actually in on board. The who, people who spent their entire, you know, two previous years objecting. And the objection was exactly what America's doing now, which was Lend-Lease, which was giving, um, you know, munitions, giving supplies, giving moral support to, to the United Kingdom in their fight against the Nazis. But that also meant uh, the Soviets who talk endlessly about how heroic they were, and they, they absolutely were in the Second World War and fighting Nazis, and how they were the ones that won it, they wouldn't have been able to win it without Lend-Lease, which we also, also gave to the Russians, which is kind of an ironic thing, is that we're doing the opposite thing now. Um, so I don't think it's an escalation so much in the, it, 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 as it is just the kind of basic defense. <coughs> that Look, Russians have an enormous industry of, you know, a, a military industrial complex of their own, they run out of things they can produce more of them, right? Not in a not in a huge way. I mean, they run out of things, they run out of things, right? But they have an industry for this. Ukrainians do not. So they have to when they run out of things, they have to get them from somewhere. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, you're you're getting bananas in Nova Scotia. You have to, you don't grow them. You have to buy you have to get them from somebody else. And this is 
precisely what they're doing is that they say, you know, we need to survive. We So if they have the equipment in the same way that the Russians have the equipment, they can put up a fight. If they don't have the equipment, they can't. Obviously, very simple. Um, at this point, I don't think there's any greater risk. Um, the nuclear war stuff is giving some people some tanks and the, I mean, we've been giving them lots of weapons. I don't think that that's going to be the thing that is going to push something, uh, in a more quote unquote dangerous. Direction. We had hot wars as have mentioned a time or two, um, during the cold war where one or more of the superpowers were, uh, actual combatants and people died. You can see monuments of them in Washington, DC, uh, it just horrific numbers, numbers that we would not accept now in any war, even when we were attacked, we wouldn't accept the, those level of numbers, um, which is worth considering. Also, to Moynihan's point, I mean, Franklin Roosevelt in 1940, in October of 1940, assured people, and he wasn't BSing, I do not think. Uh, maybe Michael has different uh, uh, intel than I do, which wouldn't be surprising. But he's like, we're not going to get involved in this war. Um, like, it was not popular. We like to... Oh, he very much wanted to, but it was not popular. It, no, we no. like to think, um, and I guess the Ken Burns documentary uh, was an attempt to remind people that uh, 1939 and 1940 in America do not feel like uh, one of these, you know, Steven Spielberg movies about the greatest generation. Um, it is. Uh, yeah. We were very ambivalent about entering the war. We were very ambivalent about accepting refugees into this country to a shameful degree. Um uh, and etc. But it was just like the Europeans' reluctance to go to war in general during World War II, which oftentimes gets pilloried, <clears throat> sometimes deservedly so, depending on the actor and the moment. Um, it's also understandable. In France lost 22% of its population in World War One. They weren't really eager to go back in, um, you know, uh, and they, they fooled themselves into thinking that they had a, a way to wiggle out, out from it. So it's understandable that people wanted not to do it. I do not think, given the level of, of actual American flesh, Soviet flesh sometimes in wars, hot wars during the Cold War, uh, I don't think we're anywhere close to that. I don't think there's any tripwire that le allows that to happen. The only way that that happens is if some idiot in Russia lets off a missile to Berlin or do some or to as you know Tallinn or something, and that's just an invitation to annihilation. It's really not uh, very plausible, and you can you can uh, it set your own personal calibration. Like okay. What's the acceptable risk of that happening for you, Mr. Person? Is it 1%? Is it one, one trillionth of 1%? Um, and I get that that is a, that's a nail biter. Um, but I tend to agree with Moynihan in the sense that w this is defense. And a lot of these things, <coughs> excuse me for coughing a lot. The, a lot of these things are, as far as I can tell, like, it's not even about defending the next two months. It's about like, uh, giving people a, a sense that we got you four or five months from now. So that this is going to keep you motivated in the intervening time, right? Like those tanks mm -hmm. aren't going to be usable anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Probably what, what, what Ukraine needs more than anything else is credible <clears throat> uh, ability to defend themselves from rocket attacks. Um, and I don't know what a tank is going to do for that. Um, I'm not the expert in tank technology, but I don't think that's what they're generally designed for. Um, so I think there's, I mean, this is not a total game changer. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's wrong for people to say, I think that people who do say that don't 
exactly know what they're talking about. I mean, but it's also keep in mind that what you're saying, Matt, is that the promise of World War Three has been a year in coming. People have been saying this for a year. That this is going to be World War Three. It's going to be World War Three. It's going to be World War Three, um, which is a very, very interesting way of taking the onus off of the invading power. They're saying you might make them angry. And what you did provoked this. So don't give them, I mean, you know, when the weapons flood in, this was not an attitude people had when America invaded Iraq. In Iran and other powers were flooding the borders with uh, jihadists and weapons and IEDs and were killing American soldiers. They're saying, you know, you invaded Iraq. What did you expect? Um, there's a certain amount of that here, too, which I don't see uh, in, in in play in the way that it was in the past. So. You don't have to get too bogged down on this, but just like I, I, it is an interesting moment, primarily because it's Germany. Yeah. Um, going back on something that um, it was pretty firm on and it is kind of rewriting the way Germany. Uh, and, you know, by the way, a totally bizarre story that no one's paying attention <coughs> to. Sweden is now being blocked from joining NATO by Turkey. And the reason is, is because a Danish guy named Rasmus Paladin or something decided that he was going to burn a Quran Danish guy uh, in, I think he's a, I think he's a Swedish citizen too, in front of the Turkish embassy in Stockholm. And he did so. And the Turks were saying, no, no, you have to stop him. And the Swedish government said, we're not stopping anyone from ex- exercising their free speech. And this is a very, you know, canned version of this very quick version of it. But uh, they said, okay, well then you're not going to join NATO because we are the undemocratic uh, power in NATO that will prevent you because you're not going to override your principles of free speech because some psycho idiot who is a psycho idiot uh, burned a Quran needlessly in front of uh, the Turkish. So Finland, that's going to be okay joining NATO, but because the Islamist regime and the Erdogan regime is effectively an Islamist regime, um, decided that because of what somebody did, who is actually Danish, not even Swedish, did in Sweden, they're going to prevent them. So that reshuffling from Germany becoming a more um, aggressive power, when it should never, it has not been since the end of the Second World War, to other people, you know, countries that were, you know, naturally opposed and very skeptical of NATO joining NATO. That's the one wrinkle is uh, Sweden now. A quick, a quick needle threading point um, about Germany. A lot of people, a lot of my friends in places like the Czech Republic and Poland, who are pretty uh, understandably aggro uh, about supporting Ukraine um, and uh, and defending themselves against Russia, uh, say some pretty unkind things about Germany nowadays. Um, bring up yeah. some past things, and I'm not saying that they're that they're wrong necessarily, uh, but I will say that a lot of people are forgetting. Germany's history of Ostpolitik, which was not simply like cowardice. <laughs> Ostpolitik was a, a way to describe how Germany in the boom years, post-war years, uh, always opened up significant challenges, uh, channels to the Soviet Union and made a lot of its uh, geopolitics and international relations to much to the frustration of Cold War hawks um, uh, in that direction. That proved to be controversial. Yes. Uh, uh, also definitely useful definitely useful over time there needed to be a western power that was doing that um led to some excesses it led to some good things um but there is an entire like you know generations worth of memory about that thing um and and part of what happens in 
when you have these kind of grooves that are wound down over times or, or ground into the firmament over time is that there's a belief that intertwining yourselves in relationships, buying a whole lot of Russian oil for the example, really, in this case, is going to lead to better ties and help things out in the, in the long run. I think Germany is probably rethinking that right now, certainly in its energy sector, but um, it's a history that it has. It is not necessarily a history purely of like cowardice and flinching and corruption. That stuff has also happened, especially the corruption part, because Russia has attempted to corrupt every one of its commercial ties in Western Europe. And that's just what it's been doing for a long time. Um, and don't think the, don't think Russian televisions are not talking about German tanks coming into Russia. every every second. But that's, <laughs> so but that's two, part of it, too. Two yeah. things, two things that I wanted to follow up on briefly. I mean, one hand, I, I suppose. I, I generally agree with the sentiment that the aggression, the aggression from the Russians is the principal concern. And to the extent we're talking about escalations, it's fair to, to, to cast any new developments and any new deployment of resources from the West to Ukraine as a response, perhaps, and not a, 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 an escalation in and of itself. Um, but of course, it's a meaningful sort of change in policy when they've said, consistently for a while, we're not going to do this. And then you say, okay, well, we're going to do this. Um, and you're doing that knowing that there have been these bellicose threats um, from the Russians, whether or not you take that seriously. So it, you know, it, an escalation, not an escalation. Yeah. It's, it's a meaningful development. And sure, you know, sure. Yeah, no, that, that's true. It is raises, raises not, I don't mean to downplay but, that. Yeah. But relatedly, yeah. I'm also thinking about a lot of the reporting that we were seeing towards the in the fall of last year about the brutal winter that that Europe was in had in store because Russia was likely to cut off their energy supply. Um, and yeah. I mean, we're we're in January now. Um, have things been nearly as bad as was predicted? It seems as though that's not the case. No one is talking about that. Yeah, anymore. I mean, in two <laughs> in two fronts, right? On on both ends. One is the collapse of the Russian economy, which has not happened in the way that people suspected it mm -hmm. might, uh, considering so many sanctions and you know no no Western products coming into Russia, etc. And the freezing of Europe, it's that, you know, I mean, people are pretty agile in these situations. I don't think it's very nice in Russia now. Um, it's, it's, it's obviously there's a lot of things that are very difficult to get, but the economic problems of Russia are much deeper than, than what happened, you know, with Ukraine mm -hmm. sanctions. So that's actually kind of an interesting thing is that that is another thing that, you know, hasn't happened. I mean, we, we, I mean, it has happened, but it has not happened in the way that we thought that it was going to and be being catastrophic. But, you know, these are a, a lot of the things that one has to consider. I mean, one has to consider to your to your point about escalation, too, is that one has to expect these things when you're going to war. When you are launching an attack on the European continent on a sovereign country, and then you have this other thing that you have to consider. It's that you couldn't take Kiev, which seemed in a very easy, quick way there'd be a nice little pincer movement around and then they would, you know, have Kiev surround and, and it would crumble pretty quickly. Couldn't take Kiev and they have, they have sustained unbelievable losses. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't believe the numbers that, that are coming out of the, of um, the Zelensky administration and you should not because they're clearly lying and they're clearly inflating them. I don't think that's uh, would be a surprise to anyone, 
but they are huge. And the Russians are acknowledging that too. And they are now dealing with troops that are being pulled out of like, you know, classrooms and pulled off of jobs to be conscripted into, into service. So what, it, so what are the Russians going to do? It would have to be something totally crazy and irrational, mm-hmm. like a barrage of, you know, a ballistic missiles onto, you know, Weimar or something. Yeah. You know, Potsdam, that kind of thing there, like all these people are rational actors. I mean, Kim Jong-un is a crazy person, but he's a rational actor, which is precisely the reason he hasn't shot missiles at Japan, but shot them over right. Japan. And why he hasn't, you know, take it's, it's about a 30 second thing for those uh, missiles uh, to hit uh, uh, Seoul. And, this, and the people of Seoul know this. I mean, there's throughout the subways and stuff, there's places to to take cover if that happens. But he hasn't done it. And he's an absolute lunatic. And his father was a lunatic. And his grandfather was a lunatic. But there's a rational thing in it, too, that I think that Vladimir Putin understands that if he were to do something, if it was uh, nuclear or if it was even, you know, non-nuclear, but attacking people that were supplying, they would they will attack supply lines in Ukraine, Right. But the funny thing was, I saw this other thing about an escalation today that somebody in the Ukrainian government said, you know, very curiously said, well, you know, they should worry about their own cities. Yeah. St. Petersburg. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Moscow, you know, I mean, this is and people are like, wow, that would be an escalation. It's like, no, no, hold on. What they get to bomb Ukrainian cities, but the Ukrainians don't get to respond. Now, we don't necessarily want to give them. You know, they have the high Mars, but they want other stuff that will actually, and, and the United States has actually said no to that mm-hmm. stuff, has actually said no to, you know, certain technologies that are too boring to get into that would allow the Ukrainians to do right, things to, like to, that. To, but it has yeah, said no to it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, thank God I'm not the president because I, my <laughs> argument is quite simple. They bomb your cities. You're allowed to bomb theirs. Oh, you want to buy stuff to, to so bomb you would, it? We'll you, would feel, you would feel comfortable with that sort of. 100%. Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. What, what is your. It's a very simple calculation. Uh-huh. You kill Ukrainian civilians in their beds. You kill children in their schools, pregnant women in their hospitals. Why do you think you have a special kind of cloak of invisibility in your own country? No, this stuff is like what happens in war. If it's the Second World War, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, and God knows what happened to the Japanese mainland. The Blitz happened in 1940 in the United Kingdom, and then look what happened to Hamburg in 1943, and you know more questionable things like Dresden in 1945. I mean, you you attack. You got to understand what you're dealing mm-hmm. with. This isn't one way street. So where's the break? Where's if the you're break? Blow for you, things then? up. You should. Where's the break for you? Where's there's there's a, a break is when the Russians lose because you invade a country and you expect to you expect to win and you ha- you're fighting people that have an unbelievable spirit and if you look at the opinion polls within Ukraine there is v- variations in opinion except for on ceding any territory to the Russians they're nationalistic people and they are dealing with a, a horror for the past year and and you know if if you can fight back. I don't say kill, kill, you know, they kill Ukrainian right. civilians. Targeted, I don't say kill Russian civilians. Russian I think that's right. No, no, I think that's totally wrong. And I think the Americans were, were wrong to, to do that in the second world war, whether it was the firebombing of Tokyo or the total destruction of Hamburg in 1943. Mm. They're, they're both wrong. I don't believe that 
when, you know, you know, that was the thing that was made in, you know, Iraq and in Afghanistan. It's like, well, you know, the stuff that they do to us. It's like, well, no, you don't lower yourself to the level of these people by saying, what, we're going to fly planes in your buildings or that waterboarding's okay? No, I think that you have to have a, a moral high ground there. But if there's military installations that you can take out, um, then you should. And if they are in places where there's going to be uh, the horrible Orwellian term collateral damage, it's something that you have to accept because that's part of war. And if you don't want that to happen, don't invade a sovereign country. Mm. Pretty I found myself in the uncomfortable position, which actually caused me to question my priors a few days ago in that I agreed largely with a Twitter thread from David Frum, um, who, who's oh, a perfectly oh, nice yeah. guy, but he just uh, tends to be on the <laughs> interventionist side, shall we say, <laughs> yeah. about things, trying to write out uh, anti-war conservatives from polite society in 2003 or two, whenever that was, among other uh, uh, excesses, let's say. But he had a point about talking about the way that uh, conflicts with Russia in its near abroad have ended from 1991 onward. South Ossetia, uh, Abkhazia, um, uh, Moldova, Transnistria, um, all these places, Chechnya. Chechnya. How do these things end? Do they end Mm -hmm. in the way that Jeremy Corbyn says that he wants them to end? Is that, oh, well, at the end of every great conflict, there's a negotiation, people sit down. No, that's not how any of those have ended. They've ended, I think, uh, Frum's term of art was like their frozen conflicts. They end with the disputed region is kind of quasi-independent. Russia has its uh, hooks in there, and the host country is kind of uh, bifurcated, divided, and unsettled permanently, uh, and it's just sort of frozen in time from when the shooting stopped in 91 or 92 or 94 or whatever the year was, um, 2000. 14 in Crimea, for example. <laughs> so um, the people who are imagining, and I understand the, the, the motivation that there's negotiated settlement to this, um, and maybe there is, um, but people who are picturing one don't necessarily keep that in mind, that, that Russia is perfectly fine with the way that those things ended, which is there's kind of a permanent sense of instability on their near abroad, and as a result of their uh, intervention in these places, those countries cannot be fully knitted into some ulterior structure. They cannot um, because it actually violates international treaty organizations, or at least it did under the, which they were uh, uh, constituted before. Um, And so you would be negotiating with someone who is the aggressor in a war who took territory that's not theirs and isn't necessarily wanted in any given way. I'm talking more about the Donbass than Crimea. Um, and, uh, and imagining that the other side is a motivated, uh, uh, actor to find that peace, uh, when it's not necessarily the case and when they can imagine having another frozen stalemate at the end. But as I said, this is Dave from saying it. So me agreeing with it, it's like, okay, maybe I've gone too bellicose about all the stuff. I should rethink it. <laughs> well, I look, by the way, I want a negotiated settlement to this too, but, but if you, Listen to certain people. And, and, and again, I, I, you don't know who to believe in these situations, and history will be the judge of this, that um, there hasn't been, despite some of the more ludicrous claims, that there has not been any real offer at a settlement that would be agreeable to the people of Ukraine on offer. So that if that happened, and there was somebody that said, okay, we tried something, we failed, we've saved face, let's try to you know come to some agreement, that hasn't 
actually happened. But, you know, the question you have to ask, and so the final thing I'll say about it is that when you think of something like the Baltic states, who were so brutally occupied by the Soviet Union for so long, and you look at a country that I care about a lot, and I've been to a lot, and I think it's a, a, one of my favorite places is Estonia, and Tallinn being one of my favorite cities, I absolutely love it there. 25% of the population of Estonia is ethnic Russian. In, you know, what is it, Tartu or something, place like this, which is like 80, the, on the, uh, or Narva, I think is on the, on the border that is, that is like, you know, 85% ethnic Russian. What happens if, you know, when you allow these things to go unchecked, if the, you know, Kremlin says, well, these parts of Estonia are, are t they're full of Russians and they want to be part of us, which is always the argument. So I'll give Crimea. It's the argument that, you know, happened in you know, various places. Yeah. So it's a Sudetenland. It's the Danzig kind of thing, too. What if you do that? Um, and then do you say, OK, we're, we're going to allow that? Too. Um, we don't want to escalate things. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the problem here is with the Kremlin and with the dictatorship in the Kremlin. And one final point on this, which is not about the war, which is the Helsinki Center, um, which is a human rights organization that was started in 1976 by Andrei Sakharov, one of the great dissidents of the Soviet Union, was shut down today. It went through the Soviet Union, it went through after the Helsinki, you know, it. it, it Survived the Soviet it Union. Founded its creation under in Brezhnev. Founded under, under Brezhnev. Brezhnev, and was as a way of checking the 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 Helsinki stuff and saying like you know look if you're going to say that you're going to do this and abide by human rights and you know freedoms we're going to hold you to it um, that has existed and it existed through out the until the end of the Soviet Union until 1991 and till now and it was shut down by a court in the dictatorship of Russia today. Russia is the problem, and I think a lot of people were so confused and, 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 and blinded by the stupidity of some of the charges against Donald Trump uh, that they ended up thinking that the guys that they were accused of dealing with weren't actually, not only were they not trying to manipulate and control Donald Trump since 1985 or whatever Jonathan Chait said, <laughs> but that those guys were, were decent people too. They're not decent people. They're bad people. Full stop. And the Helsinki process always deserves a shout out. It was uh, uh, the accords from 1976 or 75 widely criticized on the uh, anti-communist interventionist right um, as being like mm -hmm. weak need, namby pamby human rights crap um, led directly to such things as Charter 77, the most important dissident organization in the former East Bloc. Um, uh, it had important lasting effects. It basically said, you're a signatory to these ideals. Um, you should, therefore, uh, by treaty, uh, have to live up to them. And it was a mirror that dissidents in authoritarian regimes could hold up to their overlords. And it was very effective in that way. And uh, it's uh, the symbolism of the moment is not small. Um, yeah. I just sent a, a message to our friend, by oh. the way, because I think that if we discuss either Donald Trump getting back on Facebook or the um, Oscars and uh, a main, a news story that was on the daily yeah. mail that was on the cover of the daily mail that I'd like to talk to our friend Ben Dreyfus about. So I just hit him yeah. up. And uh, the thing is he could either just hop in immediately mm -hmm. or he could be, you know, drinking like Bacardi and Cokes on his, like uh, in the backseat of his car, <laughs> like passed out. 
you know, te- texting his father about uh, he, how he needs to cry or something. <laughs> not that yeah, we have any, so, not, so not we'll that we see. have any intel, not that that sort of thing happens regularly. Um, it is interesting. Last, With last Ben? Thing on, I, get, I guarantee <laughs> Last thing on Russia. Um, you mentioned a moment ago, we, well, we were talking about the economy, <laughs> the Russian economy. I think you mentioned it. Um, and I just checked really quickly, yeah. like, what, what is going on with the ruble? I'm up 14% uh, against the dollar over the course of the last year. It was March of 2020 when it like completely cratered um, and it recovered from there um, and is mm-hmm. doing relatively well, up 17% against the euro. Um, it's, you know, yeah. It's not what we imagined. Yeah. Yeah. And this I mean, winter- it just, it's amazing how many wrong predictions there have been so far in this conflict and in all sorts of directions. I mean, the expectation was that Russia was just going to roll over them. Then the, the Russian economy. Yeah. Yeah. Something I thought yeah, for sure. Um, the, the, yeah. the expectation was that the sanctions were going to have a, a huge meaningful impact on their willingness to do things. And thus far, while it may in fact have helped to create some dissension within the ranks, you know, Putin is still, very much in control as far as we can see. And they seem willing to, to kind of press the initiative at this point. Um, I personally, I, I am very torn about a lot of aspects of this, but I would love to see more congressional oversight and the steady hand at the wheel that keeps us from doing anything crazy. Oh no. And ben Dreyfus. I think that's Ben Dreyfus. There's like Vaseline on the screen on the camera there. I have many questions about what I'm seeing. Well, the, so when we take it's his the mic big off, girls in the back, it's, it's surprising uh, to me because I was pretty sure that he didn't the, sleep. With that well, ben, ben, you're silenced because you're echoing too much. But so that means I can just talk. Yeah, if you're you. good, give us a the high nine stop. poster bed. <laughs> and uh, the fact that you're wearing a, uh, a wife beater, you kind of look like uh, Ron Not Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> a, a black Sabbath, Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. tank top. Do you think the color yeah, of that, yeah, of that was right. white at some point? And uh, it, it appears to be maroon <laughs> from from his blood and All tears. Right, let me see if together. I can bring him back. And if uh, the, uh, do you know what? You know what I'm thinking we should do with Ben? Uh, rather than be topical, yeah. I, mean, I do want to ask Ben about, and I'm sure he's prepared to talk about his star turn in the Daily Mail, <laughs> uh, which greeted me when I woke up in the morning, and it was literally the top story it's on the homepage. Um, apparently, Meghan Markle hadn't done anything interesting that day. <laughs> um, and um, the other thing that you can always do with uh, the great Ben Dreyfus is look at his um, uh, just his Twitter feed, which is uh, is just a lot of uh, madness <laughs> with funny and interesting <laughs> things. His hair is yeah, very he's, normal he's, looking. He, he thinks he's. He thinks he's ready. Oh he does look like a peasant from the 50s. No, but, um, that's a man who's killed a lot. Okay, is that better? That's yeah. better. Okay, wait, these these are just AirPods. I couldn't, get, I couldn't get my fancy mic to work, but AirPods seem to work. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> ben looks like Emo Phillips just woke up. All right. So it's been a long time since I've had a haircut, and I don't necessarily want to talk wow. You know the pandemic is over there, Ben. Yeah. You're finished. <laughs> you go to I'm the in bottom. Idaho. This is the look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of who? The Unabomber. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're the, you're the Jewish Kaczynski. Um, was he not Jewish? Wait a minute. Where did he get the name? No, no, no. Oh, he was talk like a about Polish fucking cultural Are you kidding? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think he was Jewish. Kaczynski? Why? Just because he went to Harvard? Is Spielberg Jewish? Was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I saw his movie, oh The Fablemans, God. and it was about how uh, he got kicked out of the Catholic yeah, Church. Did you see that movie, Ben? No, I didn't. 
But that's because no one seems to have seen it, but you and Hollywood film critics. Uh, I haven't no, seen I haven't, it. I, no. I, I want to see it. I want to yeah. see it. I told my mom. Do you that, think? I, do you think I? I need to see a movie about Jews in Long Island, or do I just have to go outside? I like I just I can go to the store and it's fine. They I told my mom tea. that she was like Stephen had a new movie ad. What's it about? And I was like, uh, it's like a Ramona Clef about him growing up. And she rolled her eyes and said, like, oh, in the eighties, he told me all about his childhood. I don't need to hear it anymore. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, you are name dropping even to me. Like, even I think this is a little weird. Yeah. Did you did you, did you say my dad's Richard? <laughs> yeah. Look, look, look. <laughs> Lot armpit hair. Was she aware of that? Um, did, but although wait, back wait. in the eighties is when uh, Steven Spielberg still thought it was his dad who stepped out on his mom. Which is like the the, the oh, under theme yes. of all of his movies, yeah. including the best ones with your dad. Um, and like, turns out, oops, kind of backwards. Well, I mean, we always get yeah. we always get on on random random things whenever I'm on here about this. But like, you know, you know, the end of Close Encounters is like my dad leaves all of his kids and runs yeah. off to space. Yeah, and Sucks. when they yeah. when they first did that, just like your life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> When they first did that movie, all these, like, critics were like, so how do you feel about, like, abandoning your kids? Are you upset about this? The, like, Association for Good Fathers is offended. And Stephen said, fuck off. Like, you know, (laughs) I would go, too. I'd go to space, too. And my dad said, Stephen's right. Yeah. Off too. <laughs> yeah. And and by space I mean an apartment in Orange County. And then like Stephen had Max, his oldest son, like exactly a year before I was born, and they asked him again. And he said, You know, now that I've had a kid, I wouldn't. I realize now I was wrong. Yeah. And they asked my dad. And he said, oh, no, I stand by it. You're offered to go to space. You go to space. Yeah. <laughs> and and there was a, there's a reason that you know that your father was um, correct about that. And the, the reason is that I woke up the other day, probably, what, four or five days ago. And as I do, I open the Daily Mail. It's the first thing I open because it's the only news source that I trust. And I, and I can trust it because the main story, the headline story was, and allow me to read this headline and I'd like you to respond to it. Uh, Jaws star, uh, oh, wait, wait a second. I should be Krippendorf's tribe star. Richard Dreyfus's actor son, Ben, you're an actor, 36, you're 36, is slammed for saying he'd never have sex, quote, with a fat person or let partner put on weight. Colon tells critics he doesn't care if they mock his glass eye. There's a lot happening in that headline. Can you tell us actually, where the story came I'm from? I'm actually thrilled that you can verify that it was on the homepage because my Welsh it was my Welsh aunt came to me that day and called and was like, "Just so you know, you're on the front page of the Daily Mail." And I was like, you're talking you about a Welsh a, aunt? You're, you're, you're talking about, well, she's really my nanny, but we call her aunt because it makes me sound less like a bum. Yeah. But, uh, or a brat. But I was like, I was yeah, like it right. must have just been on, 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 you know, the internet. But I'm happy to hear that she was right and it was on the homepage. No, like Ben, you're on the homepage. <laughs> in Wales. You're on the top of Wales. I'm not going to try Wales to online. Accent, but yours is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's the best one. Anyone, Welsh people are yours isn't texting me right me now. In a, no, that's Irish. I don't, I don't want to do that. You tricked yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what happened was, was, you know, there's this part of Twitter that is 
fat Twitter, and they're very sensitive. <laughs> about, I didn't know. About you know, this. they're very defensive you know about, about, about the idea that you should ever say that people are fat, <laughs> and and they think mm-hmm. that you know real women have curves, and and you know obesity is a is a good thing, and. I, you know, did a thread. Like I do lots of threads. I I like my threads (laughs) and it was making fun of the idea that I should be forced to sleep with fat people. (laughs) Yes. And then some people got upset (laughs) at at four o'clock in the morning. What does that mean exactly? Well, they were just suggesting that, you know, uh, attraction, mm -hmm. that everyone should be attracted to, to, to big girls, chunkasauruses. Um, And, and like people started to get a little annoyed at me at 1am. And so I started to let them like push back a bit. And I told a story that about how I once had had to sleep with an obese woman who weighed 130 pounds. Had to. And I met her, she's from Long Island and I, I met her in a cowboy bar. And then to get away from her, I lied and told her I was bisexual because she was from Long Island. So she was a bigot. Um, and like, this is a pretend story. Okay. Should have also told her you were Jewish. <laughs> this is a, she would have had to do nothing at that point. This is a made up story. All right. This is all, this didn't happen. And they all yeah. took that it did happen. And then the next day, there were people very mad saying that, you know, Jennifer Lawrence dealt with weight issues when she was only 130 pounds. And how dare you? And so I, you know, told him to fuck off. And then a lot of disingenuous. Ben, you're, you're under you're you're underplaying the humor of this because the first tweet is the best because you tweet there's a headline that you tweet and it's a story. The headline is "You need help: colon You fat shamed your beautiful girlfriend." Oh, right. To which you responded, <laughs> "This is outrageous. I've never dated a fat person," <laughs> which is a funny joke, right? It's this is it's funny. Uh, right? I mean, they're all and, funny. And, and uh, <laughs> it, it's in by the way, if people don't understand this on Twitter, that Ben is something of a performance artist, um, in the way that uh, Norm Macdonald was or uh, Colin Quinn is, then you're you're missing out because that's why. But the then the funniest fun, part about so. this is that like so some really disingenuous left wing Twitter users like Michael Hobbs, whose name is rotten in Denmark, um, like mm. screenshotted it and started to be like you know, making fun of it. And then they also started to make fun of these images where my eyes don't match up. So they were being yeah, like, look yeah. at this ugly motherfucker. And all the people were like, his eyes, blah, 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 blah. And this ex-girlfriend of mine who's mentioned in the article goes in, cause she's a nice girl, like goes in to defend me. And then they all are really mean to her. <laughs> and so I was then very defensive about it and was like, look, you guys can make fun of my eye if you want, but leave this like yeah. nice ex-girlfriend of mine out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's 95 pounds? Oh, I mean, I mean, she better be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, she wasn't for a bit. This is right. Why that's why she's we brought, Also, girlfriend. one of the tweets yeah. said if one of my girlfriends got fat, I would go with them to a fat farm and work it out. <laughs> that's, that's actually, I mean, that's, that's good. That's I loving. said, like, I wasn't going to break up with them. I was going to support them in yeah. this rehab for, for, and you didn't say you'd force her to go to the fat farm. I think that's the most 70s thing you've ever said is the phrase (laughs) fat farm, which was last used on an episode of Benson, I think. Well, let me last used in reference to an actual fat farm. Because then there was. You guys didn't see that Ben Stiller movie in the 90s, Heavyweights? Come on. I mean, that's how. how (laughs) What was the one? That's how we dealt with um, body issues in the 90s. What was the one with the goop lady? Um, What's her name? She did a fat thing. (laughs) Yeah, she did a fat thing where she, like. Shallow Hal. With. 
uh, shallow how, and I think she might have apologized for it. I'm sure they all or or address. She's like she's in a fat suit. She probably apologized because they didn't give the role to a fat actress. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's probably why. <laughs> did she wear a fat suit? In that movie? She was in a fat suit. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah she fat suit. Yeah, she was in a fat suit, and it was um, it was uh, Jack what's Black. his name from School of Rock, Jack yeah. Black, who himself is uh, is not uh, the overweight. thinnest man. No, not the thinnest man. Not the thinnest man, yeah. but this was a joke, and uh, and it made the Daily Mail. Only it made the Daily so Mail, I and then to... a couple of other ones. Like I was then talking to that Welsh aunt slash nanny, and <laughs> <laughs> her husband, who's from Scotland, was like, "Didn't make any other papers." And I was like, "Yeah, it made some other uh, this thing called I don't know the Daily Mirror." And he rolled his <laughs> eyes and said, "Uh, because he's like moved to America now," and he said, "Oh, they're really sensitive over there." like in his ideas this is a british problem (laughs) yeah 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 it is a this was not covered uh in any depth in in american newspapers as far as i can tell no the times never called Uh, yeah so have you offended anyone else recently i'm just trying to catch Uh, up on the funny part was that the week before that i had offended all these fucking knuckle dragging conservatives because i had called them inbred hicks because of the gas stove oh, that's debate. Right. I saw that. And uh, yes. I did think that yes. the fact that this was covered and that wasn't is a sign of liberal bias. Uh, explain. I mean, I made fun of all these conservatives. They were mad at me for weeks. I mean, for a week. And the Daily Mail didn't cover that. They didn't say, you know, Mr. Holland's son calls nice conservatives, <laughs> conservatives inbred hicks. But suddenly I offend fat left wing Twitter and I'm on the front page yeah. of the Daily Mail. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the first time I've ever heard the Daily Mail referred to as left wing. But I like to know, imagine it's, that it's there's a, one employee there. Like, I think the yeah. byline is Daily Mail reporter, so you'll never know. But like, <laughs> yeah. there's one who is left wing and is looking for the, the chance to take the shot. Like looking for the well, they moment. do this thing. I've noticed this, and and you can check this out on the Daily Mail website. You know, the the, the actual print paper has always been accused, I think, credibly accused of being like a little Englander paper. Like you know, a kind of you know they don't like immigrants so much. But the the success of the website's been something different. The thing that they always do, and this is why you were attacked, I think, is that they will have an actress or somebody like Lizzo or somebody who's you know uh, not a thin person. And uh, they will have a picture of them on the beach or something. And there'll always be a headline that at first I thought was they were just being sarcastic. But uh, which is like, you know, so-and-so stuns uh, with beautiful (laughs) curves or something like this. And you offended that that idea. The entire like uh, play winking game that they have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Are you suggesting you can't do because you have a fake eye? So, so well, do you know, I mean, like, you know, the, the yeah. Daily Mail, you know, who like I love her and I know you guys don't love her, but you know who was in charge of the Daily Mail's social media when they first came to the United States was Taylor Lorenz. What? I don't. Oh, that's don't, right. You have that. That's your week's Taylor. That's Taylor right. was in charge of the Daily Mail United States' social media thing for like five years. Don't make and, me like her. Yeah. And, and like yeah. hired all these people who now are like, you know, deep into left wing. Twitter and stuff. And Taylor's like, you know, moved on from social media. But I do think it's sort of funny. Like, I've been to like Daily Mail US parties. <laughs> it's just- what does you you are you are such a consistent <laughs> defender of, of Taylor Lorenz. Does she not? I mean, because her politics are, are very different are pretty, than mine. 
pretty different from yours. Does she ever say, Ben, thank you so much for constantly defending me no. when I don't deserve it? But why are you such an asshole on Twitter? Does she do that? Much closer to that second one. I mean, I mean, her, her yeah. politics and I have, have really grown sort of apart in the last, you know, yeah. pandemic. I'm shocked uh, to hear this. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're still very, we're still very close. She's a very good person. But it's true that, like, I think that she and I both have sort of a, let's just ignore each other's tweets. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I think yeah. is a nice thing to have which, with friends. Yeah. No, it allows you to defend. Them. I'm just I'm <laughs> <actually> not actually <laughs> reading attention. Him. You probably yeah. wouldn't. Like, I don't know, but it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited that your last two controversies are about uh, calling uh, conservatives inbred hicks and then making fun of uh, fat girls while you are in Idaho in a wife beater that hasn't been washed yeah. since 1978. Uh, yes. Pretty rounded shoulders. If we're if we're being honest about this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ouch! Ouch! True. Yeah. Yeah. And in fairness, I I'm mean, sure I bought this at Urban Outfitters. It cost like fifty five dollars. And a haircut that, like, I'm not one to talk about horrible haircuts. But I, I don't think as, you're allowed to call what? it a haircut anymore, Matt. You, I was in. Ben, I was why do you, in why do you still live there? Um, I'm leaving soon. There? I'm yeah. leaving very soon. The thing is, I don't really know where to move. Is is the real problem here? What are you I left thinking? New York, and I'm kind of. I might. You, I've been you waiting can only to go to New York or LA. I know. So exactly, that's exactly right. So I'm. That's I it. need to move to LA, and I just kind of have been like, "There's no hurry," I guess. Although there is the inexorable passage of time. Yes, and that's that's a that's a ticking clock thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's basically why. Um, I will say that I went to a cowboy bar in Idaho recently, not to <laughs> fuck some Staten Island fatso, but just because. And the bartender who I hadn't seen in about six months said, "What's going on with your hair?" Yeah, and I was like, yeah. uh, "It's just you know, it's a personal. I haven't cut it in a while." And he said, "Oof, Jesus, get out of here!" <laughs> I was like, I'm, "I'm not attractive enough to be in this bar." In the middle wow. of here in and that's when you went home and tweeted about knuckle dragging. <laughs> Which, by the way, when you tweeted that, were you 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 weren't talking about conservatives, were you? No, I was talking about I was you were just talking about like people who don't have gas stoves but have discovered a, a fandom for them because like. Hicks don't have gas stoves, right? Like, like it isn't. I was just talking about people who are caught up in a culture war and are talking about bullshit, but then they all got very upset. <laughs> you, um, it's funny because I was just, I was just scrolling down your Twitter feed, and I don't. There is a, there is a reason you tweeted this, and I want you to explain it because it's quite funny, and I love that you're making fun of this horrible person. But I just want to read the second tweet in the thread with no context. And I want the, you listeners out there to fill in the context what you think it might be. And this is Ben Dreyfus on January 24th. According to anonymous sources, Jeff from the Perkins in Bay Ridge, who was married to Darlene, was caught in the back of his restaurant sucking the cock of Fred from the Honda dealership in Westbury just last week. This is not the first time Jeff has sucked cock. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Ben Dreyfus, <laughs> what is wrong yeah. with you? So I mean that tweet makes one. perfect sense if you read the first one. All right, <laughs> the, 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 this is about this is about Rebecca Jones, who was very briefly the hero of resistance Twitter in Florida, who claimed that there was a COVID conspiracy, and it turned out she was full of it. 
And uh, she's now tweeting, uh, you refer to her as a lunatic, by the way. Yeah. Um, she is. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, she tweeted her something. Tweet was about yeah, exactly. Matt Gates. Yeah. Matt Gates having an affair with his press secretary, Joel Valdez, according to three independent sources. <laughs> All of whom got it from the same person. <laughs> so it's not really three sources at that point. But uh, but yeah, I just wanted to And ask then it them, ends with uh, her saying, this is not the first time he's fucked Joel or something. <laughs> like, it ends with, yes. <laughs> ends with like, this is not the Nor first time. Nor is it, is, it is, is it his first with a man. Yeah. She's like trying to out this guy end. for like random mm-hmm. sources that she has. And so that's the joke about, you know, Fred yeah. and his... Yeah, little gay boyfriend from Perkins. Is there is there ever going to be a <laughs> deal breaking sex scandal again? Oh, like just thinking out loud. Like Larry Craig yeah. might be one of the last ones. The Matt Gates, whatever. That's all about. No one cares. Certainly not. Certainly yeah. not his uh, constituents. It's like something to make fun of him uh, if you're a Democrat. But like, I mean, it, if he's indicted hurt. in that thing, it would be bad. But he hasn't been because it seems like he, and he seems like he won't be. But no, like, he's not going to be. I, I think then that would be. But like whatever happens to George Santos, it's I don't think it's going to be the cross dressing or whatever, like uh, uh, sexuality, like presenting that he does. I don't think anyone cares. Like it doesn't. No, I mean, the, doesn't rise to the level be, anymore. It would be funny if it turned into a sex scandal. If like it wasn't just drag, it was like he's fucking little boys. You know, like it, it would like it, we could really like escalate this up. It would have to be little what? boys though. Like even and and not not know. like midgets I mean, or either like Al young. Franken. Al Franken's sex scandal was not that long ago. That was the meat though. He was the he was the me too. Yeah. Uh, like the only scalp. sex scandal, Camille, is if there is well, something about consent. And that was how they framed that was that he took a picture when the woman was sleeping yeah. and it was a consent issue. But as far as like yeah. sex scandals, Matt is right. I think like, you know, wide stance Larry Craig is now Spitzer. like a heroic moment where you say like, I have been closeted and I felt bad. So I used to just go to the bathroom at the Minneapolis airport I mean, and, and try to get hand Anthony jobs. Wiener. And that was like, wow, yeah, spit- congratulations. Anthony Wiener might be the last one, right? Because that was pretty yeah. creepy and it was persistent. But it's also kind of a consent thing because it, what really undid him was somebody who was fifteen. Yeah, it was yeah. something sixteen. Yeah. Olivia yeah. Nuzzi, right? Yeah. Wasn't it like he like sent her like shots <laughs> or something? Wasn't wasn't she involved in that? No, it was like somehow? a real child. I think it was like an internet. Some kid I think on the she internet was like a child at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it was. I, I I won't comment on any of it. No, no. I mean, then, I know that she the, wasn't the main person involved with it, but he did like send her a dick pic. She was. That's how we all learned her name originally. Was that she was on the cover of the New York Post with him? I, I, th- there might be something to that. There's um, fucking Google it. The, you have the, the real I can sca- look at the computer screen on your face, asshole. <laughs> yeah, what are these doing? Yeah, which is, <laughs> I'm just I'm reading other things to make this trying to make this more interesting. <laughs> um, no, but didn't he took a picture of? Um, of a of his kid next to him. Oh yeah, that yeah. was that, that was, was like the real fucking thing. creepy yeah, thing. That was the last kid? thing. His own kid was like he was yeah, on the sleeping bed with a baby, and he took like a picture of himself in his drawers or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. With his like the outline of his yeah, dog. That was, was like, look at my kids asleep. It's like, dude, what are you Although doing? I think yeah. he still yeah, had his radio allowed, show. You're allowed to hold your kids when you have on suits. Yeah, be fully dressed. You're just being a good dad. That's all. He was being a good dad. You're going to flirt on Twitter or Instagram or whatever with a 12-year-old. Do you guys think, like, let's go back in time. We all lived in New York, I think, probably in 2006. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. No. No, That was when Spitzer happened, remember? Spitzer had sex with some prostitutes. 
Kept his socks yeah, on. Wearing his yeah. socks. Yeah, he did. Nope. Like a man. Then he resigned. By the way, that is that wasn't true, and that was one of the gra- and it admitted. Uh, it was Roger Stone that admitted that he added that detail and that it wasn't true. I think he actually acknowledged oh, really? of like his genius was actually putting that in there and everyone remembers the it. socks. <laughs> well, um, that was smart. It, well, because it's almost like the what's his name? The guy from the the guy who uh, uh, from the morning show who got canceled. What's his Chief name? Carell. Matt Lauer. Oh. oh. Like everyone remembers that he, you, the, button, the right. anyone, yeah. ask yeah. anyone, the Fake button. button and the button thing isn't true. The button thing is totally false. Like it just, it, it's totally false. And like every one of a certain station there had that and it locked it on the yeah. outside, not from the inside. It'd be very Pretty bad look for him though when, when someone asked him about it, he's like, I wish I had a button like that. You know, <laughs> Did he say that? He didn't say that. That'd be awesome. Wow, you're just really owning it. if he did, yeah. What kind of button? The first, con- I, I just want to go backwards for a second because, you know, I, you, Ben pointed out that he could see the reflection of this daily mail article and at the bottom of it the first comment is dw16 from new york two days ago said most most people would never have sex with a person with a glass eye yeah <laughs> and uh there's two upvotes on that and one down vote <laughs> the one down vote is probably from someone with a glass eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's from dan crenshaw he's just <laughs> going through it he's just very upset oh my gosh <laughs> dan wow the I don't want to read you any of these because they're quite mean. No, I'm sure they're so mean. Don't do that. Yes, you can, yes. You can read yeah. one or two. Yeah. Like, you can read one or two. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, you sure? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. 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 I don't get it. Oh, sorry. So, hang on. So let, me grab, is, let me grab a drink. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. yeah. This is uh, as long as you can hear on your headphones. I can't. There. Um, this is going completely off. The okay. Rail. This is. I love that he's got like a drink what? in his bed. He appears He's to be pulling out a Seagram's wine cooler from What's the What's happening there? I give um, it out too much detail. Bed, but it really is a four-poster. It's a four-poster bed, like a princess, um, like a little princess. Okay, this is this is this is Narnia by the way. Vibes. This is you. You are a princess. Yeah, no, you move that and you just go into Narnia. Get to the lion, the witch, in the, in the glass eye. Yeah, work hard, be nice is the username. Um. And this person is about to not be nice. Um, from Huntington Beach, uh, and Matt's oh, like, yeah. uh, four days ago, he writes, he writes a very, very smart, incisive comment. Remember, he says he's going to be nice. I don't get it. His father may have fallen off the A-list, but he's got enough money to get his kid a glass eye that doesn't look like it came from the Rodney Dangerfield collection. Oh! <laughs> but, it's, but it's great! I don't even know what I mean. Rodney Dangerfield collection. I don't think, is, I don't think that he sounds, has one eye. N- no. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think he that just is, jog a lot. It's, it is a good tweet. I mean, it's not a tweet. It's a good comment because funny, the whole yeah. idea with all of these is just don't think too hard about what nouns you put in. You know, yeah. just end up with sure, Ronnie Dangerfield. That's right. Like it doesn't don't don't go too far. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay, one more. That's really yeah. I, I want you to respond to this. This is Ventura Beach mm-hmm. is the username. I used to work for his father's uncle. His father's okay. uncle. So your father's okay. uncle, and have met his father and family. Let's put it this Uh-oh. way. His unpleasantness and rudeness run in the family. Oh. The lot of them are obnoxious. The <laughs> lot of Ventura them. Beach. <laughs> the lot of them. So he, he's clearly either from Ventura Beach or somewhere in Hull in England. Yeah, like the he, lot of this, them. This one brought the Daily Mail over from Hull. Like, <laughs> I mean, that uncle, that my father's uncle, like, I've only met once or twice, but my dad, like, 
he's dead now that that uncle, not my father, but the that uncle is. But my dad yeah. was suing him for millions of dollars for like two decades. So like, th- really, the, the Dreyfus, that side of the Dreyfus family isn't very close. And, you know, I have to say that our English friend who moved to Ventura Beach, uh, he called it right. Oh, really? About my, yes. my great uncle. Wow. So it seems like all these really obnoxious comments you agree with. <laughs> I mean, the, thing is, the, the main point that I was trying to make by bringing up the eye. What's he doing? He'll be back. He'll be talking and walking around the house. Yeah. The, jewel. the main thing about that I was trying to make about the eye is that, like, what I would tell some fat lard bucket, okay, who was upset that I don't want to fuck oh them, Lord. all right, is that I would oh say, like, God. attraction is complicated and that. What you'll discover in life when you leave the internet is that there's a lot of people who won't want to fuck you because you weigh 10,000 pounds. But there are people who will. (laughs) Like, there are people who will be attracted to that. And that's good. Attraction is a whole rainbow, and it's complicated. And it's totally okay for people not to be attracted to my circus eye. You know? That's okay. Yes. Because there's also people who are, or people who don't mind it. And, like, they should take the you know, evolved view of attraction that I take with my own actual disability and that they aren't taking with their own fat thing from personal behavior. (laughs) There you go. Are you telling me you've got no problem with someone just kind of looking at your eye and like with smiling the whole time? No, I mean, I would find it, I would find it, I would find it like, you know, discomforting if they were doing that. I don't think that people should come up to me on the street and spit at me. Um, but like when I was a teenager, I used to be really upset when I would find out that like, you know, someone noticed it. And the fact is I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm an adult and like, Mm. it's okay that someone noticed it. They don't need to pretend when everyone pretends like they don't notice it. Then it makes you paranoid because you think that everyone notices it and people don't Mm. need to like lie Mm. about it. They can be honest. Like, I don't want to date someone with a fucking peg leg and a tail. Like, it's okay. Like, that's <laughs> these are these are just two-eyed people who are used to seeing people with two eyes, and that's that's what they're used to. It's a human reaction. I think the phrase, uh, the appropriate name for those people is cis-eyed. That's what it is. <laughs> cis-eyed, yeah. 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 Although I, I, to, to, I once saw a uh, peg-legged uh, guy at a uh, Orioles yeah, Red did. Sox game who took out the 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 peg leg wait and, what? and he had booze in it and like he poured it yeah. out into his i i think that's a bit yes. that the peg leggeds do if they're, especially they're from boston uh, yeah, yeah but uh, matt yeah. the first thing you did there was use peg leg as a noun you peg leg the guy yeah i thought that was a euphemism and i was gonna i was gonna <laughs> applaud you i was gonna say vogue girl like uh, go for i mean it. i i i your truth love eyes. wins like i I don't like yeah. two eyes telling me how to live. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm the only pundit in America who's allowed to make fun of Dan Crenshaw's eye because I'm yeah. the only one with one eye. Yeah. You know, that's, that's true. Right. Yeah, but if that's Peter right. Falk was that's alive, right. he would be competition. Well, yeah. that's why we had you yeah. on today. You know, uh, ben, one more thing: <laughs> <laughs> Would you date a fat girl? Wait, did you see the article in Slate today? I think it's Slate that was like how Columbo became a <clears throat> queer idol. Because and then is, the quote is he a queer like, idol? What I is guess so, according to Slate, I guess Columbo no, was gay. In, in, they, the quote is that it's like, as a trans person, I'm just really I identify with Columbo because you know he's what? short. He's got a really high voice. <laughs> that's, that's he doesn't. 
I mean, he doesn't sound like Moynihan's Fauci, Fauci uh, Columbo over there, but yeah, Fauci Columbo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to get your booster. Um, oh, wait, was Columbo was Columbo gay? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> He left. The piece is, in fact, from today, and it is in Slate, and I can recommend it heartily, uh, having only read the headline. <laughs> Columbo. Columbo in Chill. You should be fired for oh, that. Columbo and How the chill. internet okay. turned a boomer TV cop into a sex symbol and queer no. icon. <laughs> what? I Just no. I think that's cultural yes. appropriation, isn't it? That's right. Do that. I mean, there I should be. Know. There's like an Irish cop somewhere going, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah. That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Jewish, though, Peter Falk. All right. Um, Jew cop. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why he was never believable as like a hard scrabble detective. Netanyahu's <laughs> like, he's mine. but ben the in the comments here um there's a lot of the same thing of the colombo article you were no that that i don't think they have i think they turned them off on that one (laughs) um on the uh, daily mail one uh because you were quoted i don't think any of these people know this um but you were quoted in a new york time a new york magazine article about nepo babies oh yeah that's true correct You, uh, which I thought was kind of a funny um, idea for a piece. I didn't actually read it, but uh, they they listed a bunch, and I could have listed about three thousand more. What did you think about being called a nepo? I baby? I told uh, my argument was that everyone needs to have a better sense of humor about it. Like it it's okay for people to express their sort of anger at the world by saying this dumb thing that's sort of funny nepo baby it's a funny term to people they don't know they don't know anything about your life it's not an insult to you really it's just them sort of expressing rage and that like it's not your fault that you were born to your parents and they were rich like you had nothing to do with that Mm. but that what it is of what it is your fault is if you pretend like you you know pulled yourself up from your bootstraps like you can just acknowledge it and move on and I am the only Nepo baby who was willing to say it was okay to call me a Nepo baby. So I ended up being quoted in the LA Times and a couple of other ones where they were like, yeah, you know, at least one of them gets it. Um, but like, I do think that that's true. People should have a better sense of humor about this stuff. Maybe it's because I get dragged on the internet all the time, but people need to not let why. this stuff get to them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, your Twitter feed is... Literally, you poking various sharks and lions and just right. trying but to like, provoke then everybody. Then people are always like, how do you know? You used to be a ser- like during Fatgate or whatever we want to call it. All these <laughs> people were like, you know, you were a serious liberal journalist, man. Now you've offended everybody. And like the fact is, it's not difficult to see how you sort of go down this road, right? Like one time this idiot mob disingenuously reads your tweets. And then it happens a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And then one time they do it and it actually costs something like in my, in my story, it cost me a career. And then like you actually care and you, you get annoyed with it and you start to think this is an actual problem. This mob is bad. And you start to read more about how free speech is, you know, troubled. And you start to spend more time with people who feel ideas like that. And then one, two, three, and a couple of weeks later, you're looking for Jews under floorboards in France. Like it's not, it's not fucking, right? Like, like, like the dynamics at play here aren't complicated. Like, you, mean to, you mean to help them? Yeah. You're going to help them, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, would be clear about sure. that. Sometimes you just it goes get pulled over because, like, politics yeah. is social and ideology is social and beliefs are social. 
And so, yeah. Like, what was it that cost you your career? What specifically? Was there one thing that you said or wrote well, that cost you your career? What happened really was, was that I had defended, um, what's his name? James Bennett. Um, mm. when he published the thing about how, like, the Tom Cotton article yeah. and about how, yeah. like, they should, I don't remember what it was called, but like, let's send use martial law in the streets to clear the George Floyd protests. Yeah. Like, like, I I don't agree with that opinion, but like, I understand why the New York times published it. Like he's, and Mm -hmm. I had the audacity to say that. And then I also thought that, you know, like defund the police was stupid. And so then they were all really mad at me and I kept getting all these like sudden, sudden needs to like talk to like the HR person about how like there were complaints. Then the union wrote a letter about me about how I was a racist and then I went on book leave. And Wait, the union? You were attacked by your own union? I wasn't in the union because I was a manager. Um, and the union oh, did write oh. a letter that named that was signed by everyone in the company but three people. And I was obviously not one of the people who signed it. And it claimed, like, racist racism amongst three different, like, white men. And I was one of them. And... Uh, for that stuff. And then I went on book leave. And while on book leave, I also like kept doing my tweets. And <laughs> at one point, I finally did a tweet where I like made fun of someone's movie review. And they went, wow, Ben, you've insulted your colleagues. That's 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 cause cause you can't no one trusts you. You, you got to go. In fact, we don't even have time to review? argue. It was fucking the Snyder cut. They they were like the Snyder cut is good and I tweeted this is stupid. And <laughs> I got like called into a thing where like you insulted your own colleagues, Ben. And so serious was Wait, it? Was it really the Snyder cut movie? The yeah. Snyder cut Justice League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh they liked it. Sunny bunch got stupid. you fired. And I know. And then like I got this note from the like CEO and the editor in chief, and that they were like, not only not only not o- not only do you need to go, but we don't even have time to talk about this. We have to settle on this and announce it today. <laughs> like internally, they're so mad about this. That wow, we have to put this fire out. <laughs> the Snyder cut was what did it. Wow. That's mad in the but in isn't the that, casual but the, at the at the same. Well, I mean, time, I gave you an N word pass. You showed it to them, right? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> if you just show it to them, it's usually a picture of Camille on it with the thumbs up. I mean, literally, there is one there one out of a hundred employees. Mother Jones was black, and so it was just like a lot of white people saying things yeah. like that's what it usually is, right? Yeah, I mean, but but it's amazing too because at the same time with the James Bennett thing, the entire New York Times edit like you know editorial page and you know culture page. Was on Twitter insulting their. Yeah, wasn't Taylor yeah. there at that time doing the weird tweet? <laughs> that I mean, this this no, article Taylor, Taylor will actually, get people no, killed. I, Did you talk Taylor to her about that? Sort of, Taylor got conflated into that because, like, Taylor has social justice opinions too, but Taylor yeah. didn't actually do any of the like complaining about colleagues. And then at the Washington Post, when this all happened with that Felicia chick, um, I don't. She, yeah, Sonia, she, Sonia, like, she likes to be called chick. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like people that kept blaming Taylor for that. There's too. nothing you can fire him from. Yeah, well, she, 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 well, she actually got the short end of the stick in that case. So I don't know where she landed. But like it, yeah. it did end up where she were like Taylor. She might have beliefs, you know, personally, but like Taylor under is a professional and isn't going to go and like tweet how her colleagues are bad. And also Taylor's really, really? close friends with Dave really? Weigel. So but like there's she? no way that that would have happened. Oh, you mean in that case? Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, but I got yeah. a question about uh, like yourself in the sense of where you're hinting before, like, how do you not become floorboards guy? I mean, you're sitting there, you're like horking down a vape in your four poster weird room in mm-hmm. Idaho. And, uh, the bad people got you or helped get you fired. Um, and the mob is always there and you like tweaking them and you're really, really good at it. How do you not turn into crazy person? I mean, it's all still incredibly well, I mean, funny, but like, how does it, how do you keep it from distorting your vision of the world or you just kind of lean into it at some point at the same time? I mean, I have leaned into it and I've been saved by Substack. Like I have, uh, I make a good living now on Substack. Yeah, I'm pretty great. Money. I, all, I'm probably- I already, and like, you should all subscribe to bendrive.substack.com. <laughs> but also like, I had already been a little red-pilled by you guys. Uh-oh. Like, y- yeah. you guys Whoops. actually did sort of turn me down the like libertarian road to this part where I was already then like, you know, asking questions. Like, I, I used to have this joke before I was fired from other jobs <laughs> where they would always like, Say these things, and Do I. We want to take credit. No, not that's sure. I was going to tell tell <laughs> Ben. Like we give out purple pills here. You took the wrong <laughs> but, ones, buddy. Yeah, yeah. no, but it, not red pill, purple pills. But like, okay. it was. I used to have this joke with them where, like, there was a long time where, like, I didn't know a lot about a lot of issues, and I'd be like, yeah. "All right, I'll just edit the story," and like, whatever. Fracking bad. And then, like, at one point, like five or six years into it, I like you know became the computer, the AI that becomes cognizant. You know. And yeah. starts to like think for themselves. And suddenly I start to push back against everything and was like, actually, I think that we should look into the fracking things because I think the debate actually is different. Uh-oh. And they were like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, he's become a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I mean, the real thing is that, like, it totally makes sense that, like, the, like the people who I agree with the most online are like, you know, Josh Barrow and Matt Iglesias and Nate Silver, and like, it makes sense that hmm? that like those people all have been those are like center, like contrarian people, and it makes sense that liberal journalists eventually would have been like. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's wild. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the <coughs> Matt Iglesias went through a pretty similar thing to you. I mean, yeah. it was about the kind of um, what, rioting, I guess. He, or, he, you know, I don't want to speak that, for him. The thing? I don't want to speak for him, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a similar summer of 2020. Like he thought that defund the police was bad and people were like, oh, yeah. he's a racist. Yeah. At the yeah. company that he founded, time, that at was. the company that he founded, kind of yeah. like uh, Greenwald with the Intercept, right? Yeah, I mean, Matt was also very sweet, actually. To be honest, like when I was thinking about going to Substack, he had just done it, and he was like, he he was like very he's a he was a very nice guy to me in that moment when I was really actually freaking out because I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do? I can't go. I'm never gonna yeah. get a job nowhere. <laughs> like Vinny Barbarino, you know, I can't even believe it. Like Rocky, where it's like I gotta go. I was watching Rocky a few weeks ago, and there's this line in it that made me laugh so hard. And it's this person says to Rock, Rocky's like, "I want to take a, I want to take a route uh, to the. I, want, I got this crush on this girl, Adrian, and this guy's like, oh yeah, I heard she's a retard, yeah.'" Take her to the Is zoo. In the movie, they say that. Yeah, he says, "Take her to the zoo." I heard retards love the zoo. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> God. Wait, 
And, but I think that was written, by the way, by also Stallone. By it Stallone. was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a really perfect I like the that, I like the part where I talk about the that, The retouch, go to the wow. zoo. I go to I, the zoo. He said that's in the movie. That movie yeah. is Lord. fantastic. It is dark. It's like a dark <laughs> Joe Palooka movie. And like, he's a shit. And like My daughter wanted to watch it. Rocky? And we watched like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we watched the first like... 10 minutes and it's him like running through the shittiest parts of Philadelphia jogging yeah. in like a, like a, like a, a totally um, gray jogging suit. And you see, you know, these guys with like fingerless gloves playing saxophones in front of burning <laughs> barrels, that uh, kind of thing. And he's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm going up there to get a fucking better pizza. And everyone's like, Hey, run me. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, my daughter's like, what is this? And I'm like, they're Italians. <laughs> it's Philadelphia. Also like, don't worry. It used to be, used to be like, a city. Like, he's like, a Rocky You're going to love it. Like he's yeah. going to, he's going to be, be all really, oiled. Like, he's going to defeat the Soviet Union. It's yeah. going to be great. Well, that's not till later. That's the best one. When was Rocky one released? He beats the 1976. Bitch. Damn, is that right? Yeah, 76. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Same uh, summer as Star Wars, I think. I honestly think that Rocky, like, whenever I watch the Rocky movies, I get very upset because they're all so mean to Rocky. And he's just a dumb, <laughs> nice guy who tries hard. Yeah. And I'm always like, yeah. why are you all being so mean to this lovely guy who's going out of his way to take care of Polly, this drunk idiot? And like, he's also yeah, yeah. mentally he's, challenged, he's doing, right? Right, he's stupid. It's an anti-Italian movie, essentially. <laughs> right, the one Italian character—I know it's written by an Italian, but it's like, what is so he's the self-hating? Is it Italian, like, un- actually. yeah, yeah was he? He's like an Uncle Luigi or something. <laughs> he's like, he's like, but he's like, no, uh, I was so small, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like nasal Luigi. and dumb. Yeah, I don't know. And everyone's just like, look at this guinea bastard. He's like, I'm just trying to fight. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, he just is dumber than he has to be. In to the way. Yeah. He's like, I don't know why you're making fun of her. I'm not very bright myself. And it's like, all right, that makes so, sense. You know, I haven't seen by, any of the, the Creed movies, though. What happens at the end? Oh, like, Creed. You haven't seen Creed movies? I haven't seen the first Creed movie is fantastic. It's really, oh, really first- good. Yeah, the first one is really good. The second one is also good. It's not as good, but like one, Rocky what? gets yeah. Rocky oh, yeah. gets woke. Ro- Wait, Rocky gets woke. Rocky discovers Creed? that black people are really <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, he, he was like a racist Italian. Well, like, before. In the, Wasn't in he the like first best one, friends he, with Apollo Creed though? Apollo, like they were right. homeboys. That's because Apollo, Apollo let him yeah, win yeah, on the yeah. beach. Uh, no, Apollo, he fucking yeah. that like, up. In the he was politically polit- oh, he wasn't politically black. Apollo in the second. Yeah, like, I'm not, Clubber I'm not Lang black, was I'm like Apollo. Clubber Lang was like the Stokely Carmichael of those movies. He didn't like Clubber Lang. Carl Weathers from like, the LBC. I, I love those. I don't understand how you guys don't love those movies. Like I like we're Who all says we the don't? same age. Oh, oh, I love the franchise. I, mean, I, I love the, I'm American. That's the so. franchise where like I want. I just lo- if Rocky Balboa was real. I would do anything for him. Like if he told me to come to the Capitol on January 6th and storm it, I would do it. Like if Rock anyway did that yeah. for me, like <laughs> as I'm wearing this white beard, you know, this black sabotage yeah. white beard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ben, do you know about those ballots that were printed on the bamboo paper? But the funniest thing about it is the the Soviet one is that it's like it's a total like advertisement for the Soviet Union because at the beginning they Rocky's training and he's like he's like pulling like tree yeah, trunks like, through like the woods the on training. and then they go to the the Soviet guy who is Swedish. No, it's like it's Dolph Lundgren, and they have a state of the art 
system that he is training on, which like never existed in the yeah. Soviet Union because they couldn't figure out like how to make a microchip. But it's like an advertisement for the 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 technical ability of the Soviets. Oh right God. before right before it fell, they were just so filled with money. Right before it fell, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like they spent all their money on Dolph. Do you Lundgren. know the story about how like I guess during Rocky Four filming, Dolph Lundgren was the only Rocky actor who was really quite good at boxing. And like mm. beat, I guess like Rocky, I mean, not Rocky, Sylvester Stallone during the shooting was like, yeah, we'll do real punches, you know, we'll do real punches. And Dolph Lundgren was like, okay. And he was <laughs> so hard that he, he like gave Sylvester Stallone some sort of like heart attack and he had to be like, mm. um, helicoptered from like Canada where they were shooting it to LA because I guess they didn't think Canadians had hospitals. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a lovely story about how people can overcome things. I think <laughs> there's a story in uh, Sweden and, um, and it was told to me quite frequently when I lived there. And I think it's true is that he was interviewed, Dolph. Dolph Lundgren, when he came back from uh, L.A. and was like, he was there for like a uh, year, and he was like, I don't remember how to speak Swedish. I am so in the Hollywood culture. And he was like, speaking like pigeon Swedish. <laughs> and they were like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I just don't remember. I live in L.A. Now. It's the opposite of like, um, the, and that was, the opposite of the like American who goes to like, does one semester overseas and comes back with an accent. Oh God. And he's like, like a this, is how I, this is just how I talk. I always talk like you know? Yeah. 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 Mommy, do you have any aluminum? What, what the fuck Fantastic. are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> Wait, are we going to do anything else today? Are we going to talk about like Google or the Oscars or let's talk whatever. about the Oscars? We have Ben Dreyfus, Hollywood's Ben Dreyfus. We have Ben Dreyfus, yeah, actor, ben. yes, actor. actor. Well, we almost actor. talked about the Oscars before. I mean, what, what movies are nominated? I know uh, Top Gun, um, we the Avatar movie, everything well, all once. Best picture that Emmett yeah. Till movie. There's a Swedish is movie nominated too, for best picture, isn't it? Nope, apparently not. No. It's racist. Which apparently has yeah, someone it's... angry. Um, the director, the of director, that film is very upset. Who has made literally one movie before yeah. this and said it was um, both sexist and racist that she wasn't nominated. Well, the movie is very well reviewed. I looked at Rotten Tomatoes. Both the audience and the I mean, critic scores are well over ninety percent. But apparently, it only made six million dollars at the box office. Which is what movie are you talking about? What's it called? This is the Emmett Till movie. The Emmett the Till name movie. Is Till. Just. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even know about that film. Yeah, well, yeah, I, exactly. that's what I expect. I'm a racist. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we've established now, for sure, it was made by yeah. Sweden. <laughs> no, no, there's another. There is a. There is a Swedish movie uh, that was nominated. Like, why is Sweden the guy into who, our racial history? Like, like deal with your own problems. Well, Dolph it's Lundgren, a movie with Dolph yeah. Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I think I'm trans. Um, <laughs> <but it's, laughs> It's like Moonlight, but Swedish. Uh, but, uh, what is uh, what is the, the the Swedish movie called? The it, it's uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, I heard oh my it's good. gosh, that, and it's it is called um, um, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's a comedy. I, I didn't get to and see it that, is, but I wanted to. Yeah, it's uh, Ruben Östlund, mm -hmm. who is the one who did that. F uh, Force Majeure movie? Yeah, I think that was the one that he did. Oh, the chess which film? Which was made... Uh, no, the one about the uh, ski resort. The t the man and the wife that are the ski... And the guy who runs away. It's very funny, actually, that, oh. that there's a avalanche, and he, like, abandons his family. 
And he's like, screw you, I'm getting out of here, and doesn't save them. And then everyone survives, and that's the rest of the movie. I love that idea, of actually. I'm just hating him. I'm going to watch that tonight. It's really good. And, he, and the, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's quite funny and, and, and mean. But they tried to do, it's in Swedish, they tried to do an American version of it with Will Ferrell, which was a total flop. And I don't know who had that idea. But Very odd. Anyway. There's a Rotten Tomatoes um, column here, and it's suggesting that certain movies were overlooked by the Oscars, like didn't didn't have a shot. They were they were left out of the best picture um, conversation, and it includes Woman King and Black Panther. Which, I mean, why would anyone anyone have an expectation that the second Black Panther movie, which was not at all well reviewed, um, well maybe I guess right. it was by the critics, but didn't was it? I thought that, that actually well it wasn't audiences. even well reviewed. Yeah, like, it was initially. No one liked. Black but Panther it, too. it seems bizarre to, to to call that a snub of any sort. Who was surprised by no, that? I mean, that? That's just white people being like, "Oh my god, <laughs> how dare they!" Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like the Woman King, um, which was I thought Viola Davis wow. was quite good in it. No, she she was actually good in it. Yeah, she's and that she's young good girl who's things. like the the other fighter whose name I don't know, but she was also really good. I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, my Thin objection to it. Too. It, and I know that you don't have a problem with this because you're a racist. Um, is I don't like movies that celebrate, I mean, is there celebrate slavers, and the Dahomey were huge slavers. So that's I then, so I did read that. Like I then, I then did some googling, you know, yeah. to read about these people, and I did yes. see that they had turned that. These but people. Gina Prince Blythewood, who I, yeah. I think is her name, uh-huh. she directed um, Love and Basketball. <clears throat> and is that right? Like, the, the yeah, and like woman, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Oh. And like that's one of my, and so like and also like I, so so I like her and I thought that she did an okay job directing that film. I love Love and Basketball. So I was sort of like just rooting for her personally. Uh but hmm. but yeah, I didn't I I don't think that that movie should have won best picture. If it won a nomination, got a nomination, I wouldn't have cared, but Yeah. Hmm. I like black people. So you know, no, I like black people. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. You're always telling me about your best friends who are black. <laughs> you're my yeah. best friend. And you're Idaho. my black best. You're, you're yeah. my closest black friend. <laughs> exactly. You're yeah. coming to my wedding one All day. You need like, to I'm going to meet some nice white Mormon girl and I'm going to be like, hey, <laughs> you know who I could get for my best man? <laughs> by the way isn't it in idaho where all like the william pierce white nationalist compounds are? the north part that's the north bit mm-hmm. okay. it sun I valley mean, is the it, is the jew bit is the it, it, this, oh you're in the jew bit. <laughs> like like you know, i like sun valley sun valley is a ski resort for people from los angeles like i don't i've never been yeah. to the yeah. i've never been to coeur d'alene do you ski i i do ski yeah have you been skiing since you've been there, or are you just like I skied, a, you know, growing your hair and drinking? <laughs> I, I skied, I skied, I've, I skied like forty <laughs> times last year, probably, and I've only been up a few times this year. Like we should go skiing. So I want to go skiing. Well, I mean, you should come here. Okay. It's a wonderful ski resort, and you have a place yeah. to stay. Sun Valley, Sun Valley, yeah, couple rooms with four poster beds. You know, this oh, isn't the only yeah. one. All totally. the wardrobe and. All the, all the oh my god, he would love that Camille because he would he would like parade you around the town going, look at my oh black my friend, look at my oh, black no, friend. No, 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 no. Do you want to know the worst thing about Sun Valley? Like I love I hate I love hate this town. But so when COVID every year that I I moved here when I was like seven or something, and every year they have a thing in Sun Valley called National Black Skier Week. 
and they welcome this group <laughs> called it's called like the Black Skiers of America, and they is go this to like Freaknik. Every... Is it is that what it's no, like? this is? This is this is 100% real. And every year they go to a different place, and they've been coming to Sun Valley, you know, for like 30 years. And yeah. for my childhood, Sun Valley would literally like put up a banner over Main Street that said "Welcome African Americans." Like that's how that's, ridiculous it is. That's so great. And then I think that might like, be the greatest thing. Ever. And then, like in 2020, <laughs> when COVID was starting, I guess that happened. Like we had no uh, blacks had allowed. Welcome black people week. Yeah, we had welcome black people week. And I guess it was right when COVID happened, and a couple of those black people got COVID, and like a few. Wow. Of them died. And then what? the local paper, which is oh, no. really small and has never been in the news before. You know, like this is not a, it's like three people wrote an article that sort of accused the black people of bringing COVID here. <laughs> oh, and, and it oh, was no. actually like genuinely racist. Like it, they didn't <laughs> mean it like that, but it actually created this huge firestorm where suddenly like ring ring in the local office. And it was like, Hey, this is Don Lemon's booker. Would you like to be on to the show? <laughs> <laughs> they would go on and get shattered at on CNN. Like oh, the no. New Yorker wrote an article about this racist paper. <laughs> and it's, wow. it really, the second I then, cause I moved here a few, like 10 months later and everyone I saw, I was like, so did you guys have anything to do with that? Like racist paper issue? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, well, I think it's, I think it's high time that you, you move out of there. Are you going to go back to acting, Ben? Because oh, the Daily Mail seems to think you're an they actor. They all keep calling me that. And it's like, look, I haven't been on an audition in 15 years. Like, I'm not a real actor. Stop accusing me of that. I'm a failed When was the last time? Were you writer. like in Garfield or something? What was the, what was oh, the last no, I was in something with my dad. Because I look like my dad. I played young, young, young Bernie Madoff. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. In the Bernie Madoff <laughs> like, uh, ABC series, yeah, I didn't, right? like, audition. I don't have an agent. I didn't audition for that. Like, yeah. like I'm not a – and so I, that was actually one of the things. The other thing I was really offended by in the Daily Mail article is that they call me a self-styled comedian. Oh. And I was like – Wow. Have you ever called man. yourself a comedian anywhere? No. I've never done <laughs> comedian things. I'm too much of a pussy to do comedy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm a coward. I just do my tweets. <laughs> but, but, but by the way, everyone is a, everyone who's a comedian is a self styled comedian. There's not like a comedy license that right. you can, right, But also, I can't, it's not a comedy I have never It's not like being a doctor. No, I have never styled. I'm a self styled doctor. <laughs> I've never styled myself <laughs> a comedian. That is. Wild. He is not called comic Ben Dreyfus. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> no, he's. He's young Bernie Madoff slash, you know, fired uh, yeah. Mother Jones. Racist, editor. former, racist, former, fat phobic, you know. <laughs> well, one of those you would you acknowledge. <laughs> well, the fat phobic one, I mean, it's true. I don't. My mom was like, Ben, you've upset. You've upset so many people with this. You know, they're never going to forgive you. Like 75% of women are never going to forgive you. And I was like, they're never going to fuck me. I don't want to fuck them. <laughs> that was the whole point. <laughs> Oh, she was like, God. no, they're never going to want to, like, talk to you or hire you. And I was like, Mom, the, the Daily Mail doesn't have that high of a circulation. Like, don't, <laughs> don't Did your worried. dad call you about this and say, can you keep my name out of the newspaper? I don't know. But wouldn't it be great if my dad called me? <laughs> 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 Ow, <my God. laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I do think it is oh. funny to imagine that like my dad oh. isn't in the news a lot, but he wow. probably has like an agent who's like getting Google <laughs> Google alerts for him or something, <laughs> and like they finally yeah. see it. Like, ooh, a lot of he's Richard's in the ink. Uh, Richard Dreyfus' son says fat people should <laughs> yeah. get kicked out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so you didn't get a call. Yeah, well, no. I, you know, hopefully we can do something more outrageous and maybe I'll call you something. <laughs> Have you ever heard you about know, the Holocaust? It's been a while. Six million. <laughs> that sounds like a yes. lot. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> Let's try to get your dad to call you by you denying <laughs> you the Holocaust. You deny it. Right He's now. Just no, yeah. I just said yeah. five, 5. 5.9. Yeah. That sounds more, more yeah. reasonable. One-eyed, fat-phobic <laughs> son of Jaws actor. <laughs> You know, the other thing that I found offensive says, was that they all says used Holocaust Jaws. was a laugh. They all, I got a Google yeah. alert that said Jaws, J- there was like five different things. It was like Jaws after son, Jaws after son. My dad's been in other movies, you know? Yeah. My, uh, yeah, no, that's why I said Krippendorf's. Krippendorf's yeah. Why don't they do <laughs> yeah. Academy Award winner's son, right? Why don't they do it? Yeah. Because they're lazy. Yeah, they that's why. That. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably fat themselves. Mm. Yeah. Academy, you want them to put your dad's awards in the headlines about the bad things that you've said. All right. Well, okay. also, I mean, people I got, got mad at me. Oh, well, like one of the way people like to own me on the internet is to send a screenshot of this interaction between my dad's Twitter account and mine, where my dad teases me about having gone to rehab. And it was like in the news at the uh-huh. time. It was like in the news is a cute thing. And so they find it and they're like, oh, your own father thinks you're a fucking dumbass. <laughs> what they don't know I love like, the guy from port jefferson yeah. but like what they don't know is you're that, like dumbass. i wrote all those tweets you right like those, yeah. like i i'm the i am the author of the richard dreyfus tweets like there's a reason why <laughs> the only times he ever tweets is in to me <laughs> they're yeah. like are, are you still in control of that account i relinquished it about six months ago, because mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I was like, <laughs> basically, these are because you had to, sounds the like judge a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, they, they were just like tweets about my Substack, and I was like, all right, you, 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 got, you, you can take this back. But like, <laughs> do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the worst thing in the world? I don't know why I'm telling you this, but yes, oh, I'll no. t- I've, I've done this before, so I might as well. Yeah. I'd so know. I have uh, <laughs> like uh, six or seven years ago, or something like that, was on a date with this beautiful woman and she was talking to me about something and i somehow ended up telling her the secret that i was you know richard dreyfus's twitter account and she it was our first date and we were sitting in a bar in the lower east side and she grabbed her phone and tweeted i'm about to fuck richard dreyfus <laughs> and then oh. looked at me Wow. And That's I was good, like, actually. This is I like the, that. I was like, this is also like the most weird, like, in, it's not incestual, but like, it's a weird sort of like family sex dynamic thing that's happening, but it was also totally hot. <laughs> no, 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 honestly, everything about that is oh amazing. It's a funny line, number one. Number two, she's acknowledging that you're leaving soon to have yeah. sex. Yeah. Everything about this is good. Yeah. I know. But then we fucked. And then in the next morning I looked and she deleted the tweet. <laughs> oh, and I was like, it wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't. Did, did I not do the sex good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. So anyways, back to the Oscars. Uh, well, uh, I don't yeah. know. What do you guys think? Your, your sub stack must be do- might be doing wells, but ours is going to get take a severe yeah. hit after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, calm, calm we, down uh, is the name of Ben Dreyfus' sub stack. 
Yeah. Go there. Calm Go down. There. Yeah. I'm, I'm a paid Indiana subscriber. You should be too. I, I really am. I really pay. I should. I, I will. I, I will really be too. But apparently yeah, he's making a lot of money. So I'm going to cancel my subscription and you're going to sign up for a couple more. I mean, I'm probably not making as much as you guys are. You guys well, are. You guys true. are like friendly with Substack. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we, we got, we're, 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 we got we're big. Know, we're big. Friendly. We're big. We're doing. Do we're doing okay. You know, you got, there's a point where you just have to be yeah. honest. It's like in 1965, when you ask Paul McCartney, he's like, yeah, the Beatles are, we're kind of a big band. It's, it's just dishonest at is, that point. Was, we're enormous. Was that the quote? Band, and people love us. We're, he, yeah, came, uh, he said, we're just a big band. He didn't say we're big <laughs> No, he, he, said, he, said, he said, we're doing fine. Said, yeah. We're doing you know, fine. We're doing and they said, right. Paul, d- acknowledge it, that you're doing well. And, and that's, I take my inspiration from that. We have to be honest. We are the Beatles of uh, of subject, <laughs> which means we're about to break up. Do you guys feel it at all? <laughs> that we all hate each other. We're about to break up. I love your, your job, podcast. I got things to do. Yeah, I'm not a big podcast listener, but I've obviously been listening to your guys' podcast, and for years, you guys have basically been the only podcast besides like hardcore history I really listen to. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But oh, recently, oh. I I started listening to some other podcasts that I was Uh-oh. sort of like brought into. You cheating bastard. Have you guys heard of this podcast called The Rewatchables? It's like on the ringer. And they uh, like, you know what? I've seen it. Yeah. And like, I was. I've heard it's good. It is. It's good. They like watch old movies and it's funny. And I was listening to it and they have thought through this podcast thing really well. Like they have like segments where they go like, all right, segment two. Let me ask you about this. And I was like, fuck segments. Yeah. No. Yeah. Damn it. They don't have yeah. that on the fifth column. I didn't even know. I <laughs> no, never even didn't. thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what we do? We send you a direct message about five minutes before we start saying, hey, do you want to come on? You roll out of bed. You tell very offensive stories. And then we try to cut you loose. That's basically yeah. it. That's our segment. Yeah. All right. Let's cut that. Loose <laughs> all right. Because, it's all right. Uh, I, f- I feel bad. We have to have a segment. <laughs> we should do a segment now. All right. All right. Well, brother. this was a pleasure. Right, it's good to see you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. You're a fan favorite, and uh, I'm glad you came back, and and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. God love. Anyway, all right. Well, we're still going. What should we okay. talk about now? Uh, Google. We got Google stuff. We got Donald Trump is coming back to Facebook. Apparently just announced today, tonight, in fact. Well, not immediately, because he's yeah. under contract, I think, with... Uh, Truth Social for like the rest, like t- till like the mid year. Well, they've announced that they will reinstate his his Facebook. If he wants account. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Best response to this, by the way, yeah. Bernie Sanders. What? A, what? I was watching Sanders CNN say. tonight. Yeah, and they asked. It was like I think they assumed it was going to be a longer segment, and they just went on to some Sanderson Cooper and asked Bernie Sanders what he they, he thought about Donald Trump being reinstated, mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, I think the man's a liar. But, you know, he was the president. Have him back. He doesn't care. And yeah. you realize that it is really a generational thing. Like, people of his age are like, wait, you want to, like, not listen to him? I mean, he sucks, but you have to listen to him. That was yeah. basically, and that was it. Yeah. And it was over. And it's like, yeah, I can't believe that this is even a debate, that, that he shouldn't be on the internet, <coughs> uh, considering he's on some other shitty thing that he created, and his idiotic things that he says people screenshot and put on put on facebook and, and twitter anyway so. i mean we we've talked probably too much uh or like uh, have, have wished hoped for uh that the the fever is breaking the tide is turning whatever on some of the free speech insanity but imagine that he comes back to facebook and instagram and eventually twitter it's going to happen at some point um 
and it doesn't matter that much. And he's still not going to certainly win the presidency and hopefully not win the Republican nomination. Um, wouldn't it be uh, amazing if people like relaxed about some of this? I think people, yeah, misunderstand that and think that like, oh, he went quiet and people stopped paying attention because he didn't have the outlet. It's like, no, he had an outlet and we all have access to it, but people are just tired of him. I mean, they're just, he's an exhausting, exhausting existence in the political scene. And it's just, he, you just want to get rid of him half the time, you know? I mean, there's a, we mentioned the Tom Cotton op-ed, which apparently cost Ben Dreyfus his career. Um, although he's got his career as a male model ahead of him after that appearance. Just, I wish you yeah. could have all seen the visuals. Um, yeah. but, uh, he that, really doesn't care by the way, that guy <laughs> he just does not <laughs> give just, a shit. He does not give a shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that was such a weird moment. Granted it was in 2020 in June of 2020 as well. And a lot of things were breaking crazy, but, um, the thing that made it most striking was that he's one of 100 senators, and he's writing an op-ed at a newspaper, which has been done in the entire history of the United States. Where senators, you're one of 100 people, you want to write something in a newspaper, um, doesn't mean you always get the access, but uh, there's a general uh, supposition that's a thing that you might do if, if all parties are okay with that. And the idea that there's suddenly this large group of people block within kind of journalistic discourse who like, of course, that's terrible. Of course, we shouldn't give him a platform. It was new, right? I mean, yeah. the next the next year, I think in 2021 is when Rand Paul was suspended by YouTube, not a newspaper, but uh, by a social media platform for saying stuff about masks that mm-hmm. was against what the CDC was saying at the time. But the CDC, you know, five, six months later, agreed with him on uh, and they proactively um, uh, kicked him off temporarily. Um, and, and like... But at that point, it was just starting to become normal. Like, this is what we do. And it's like, no, like this is that kind of cultural uh, ethos is weird and sick and kind of new. And um, and I hope it gets to a point and recedes a little bit. Um, we've seen a few instances kind of seems like uh, there's I think the Knight Foundation came out uh, today. Um, you know, journalism, do gooder people. And they're like, good for Trump coming back. Because we shouldn't just be banning ex-politicians. That's weird. Um, yeah. That's a pretty normal response. Um, and I'd be glad to see more people in the profession uh, come to that normal response and have the faith in human beings that they can withstand the horrors of, of a bad person saying weird things and uh, and like it doesn't ruin the whole fucking ship of well, state. We, t- we tend to forget about this stuff of what <laughs> we're actually talking about when we say these things. Uh, in what people who want him banned and are, are happy that he was gone from Twitter and believe that that should be upheld. First of all, it's, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, Nick Clegg is the guy doing it. The, you know, the British politician who's like the, you know, boss over there at, uh, at, uh, Facebook or meta or whatever. And of course, if it's a Facebook thing, it's also Instagram, they own it. And I mean, he's never had a strong presence on Instagram. I don't think, but, um, you know, the fact that he did this, you know, it, it's the same when Elon Musk said that he's coming back. Everyone hates Elon Musk so much that they were like, I can't believe that Elon Musk. And then this happens and, you know, it's not really much of a big deal. I mean, they're all doing it. But the thing that everyone kind of forgets about in this is why this stuff exists and, and why it happens. And it is 
because what we're essentially saying are the people who want this stuff banned <coughs> is saying that people can't be trusted to listen to this stuff without being swayed by it. We have to prevent them from hearing it. That's the, the, that at the kind of core of it, the idea behind it is so unbelievably offensive to the American people and the people who voted for him didn't do so because they were tricked by him. Most of them, in fact, did it knowing how much of a piece of shit he was and saying, you know, what, what could possibly be the harm after, you know, all of these horrors that we've experienced, which I don't think were that big of horrors, but people did think that. And because Hillary Clinton sucked so bad. I mean, we don't have to go with the reasons of that again. But the presumption is that if we don't, if we allow this stuff and the free flow of information, people will unfortunately hear it and we're not there. And if they do hear it, we have to annotate it. It has to be constantly yeah. annotated by us to say what is true and what isn't true. And, you know, people, of course, don't trust gatekeepers. And I think the more that they annotate this stuff, the more they are being pushed into the arms of Trump, because it seems like a setup. It seems like people trying to control the narrative and trying to prevent them from actually having an honest interaction with a politician who's not, you know, a classic politician is somebody who's like, now, granted, I think that Trump is a poison and, and, and I really hope he doesn't get the nomination and I would like him to disappear from American politics. And I wish he had done so in 2015. Um, no, no, I have never changed my opinion on that. And unfortunately, <coughs> the people who hate him so very much have acted so poorly sometimes that it often feels like, wait, am I defending this? No, I'm actually not defending this guy. I am, you know, opposing those who are completely, you know, around the bend about how awful he is and what one has to do to prevent it from happening. And it's just a, a version of that. It's a, it's an outgrowth of that. We have to prevent him from having any megaphone whatsoever. If you could ask these people who are saying these things on CNN, on MSNBC, et cetera, they shouldn't be on television. One of the people, by the way, saying that on CNN tonight was his former deputy press secretary who quit after January 6th um, because she realized that she wanted to get on CNN and which she did and rescue her reputation. And she said, I can't, I can't, I, they shouldn't let him back on. He's horrible. He's a poison. He's a liar. And it's like, wait, you didn't, you didn't realize that before you worked for him until 2021. Until 2021, you were the deputy press secretary. And (sighs) now you've found a conscience and realize that he's a liar. And it's just like, you see this stuff and like, God, these people are so fucking dishonest, Mm -hmm. sleazy and dishonest. But anyway, you know, well, maybe, uh, last thing quickly, um, Google, um, today, um, and Google this week fired 12,000 people on Monday, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, and then there was a, a couple of headlines about that. Some, some issues people had, I guess they sent emails overnight. Um, if you didn't get the email in some instances, there were people reports of people showing up at the New York office, um, trying to swipe in and discovering that they have been fired. It's not at all clear that it was a bunch of people that happened to, but it's pretty scintillating. Um, <clears throat> Google who, for a while, I think back in 2017 was maybe when they peaked in terms of their share of the digital ad space, but it mm-hmm. counted for something like 34, almost 35% of digital mm-hmm. ad um, spend. So Google is huge, massive company, um, but they are declining in power in some respects. Their share <laughs> of the advertising market has shrunk, but that did not stop the Department of Justice from this week deciding to launch a lawsuit 
um, against Google, claiming that the company has uh, monopolized the digital advertising marketplace. Um, and as soon as I saw this news, my first thought was uh, Microsoft 1998. Uh, sure. And the Justice Department was coming after them because of their dominance, uh, because at the time when they were making yeah. things like Windows 98, and you actually had a, a PC it was running that regular person who isn't Matt Welch. Um, you, um, <laughs> you, uh, had Internet Explorer bundled with the browser and m- yeah. lots of people who were using the internet, the majority were using Internet Explorer. Um, of course, 1998 was also the year Google was founded, if I'm not mistaken. Google, who would then become little, the most maybe a little before that, but yeah, dominant yeah, yeah. player. Um, no, I think it's, it's 1998 because it was like September of 1998. Um, is maybe when they launched, but May 1998 is when this was filed. And in much the same sense as well, like last year is when uh, ChatGPT became a thing. And there's been mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. deal of talk about the possibilities for ChatGPT to sort of take over and have some dominance in search. Bing has contracted with them already. Um, and the founders of Google are kind of back uh, in the skunk works, it's, it sounds like, perhaps trying to cook up some sort of remedy and it's just amazing, like how behind the curve these regulators can end up being um, with this massive antitrust action against a huge American company at a moment when they seem to be perhaps uh, losing some of their power, uh, and it, it which they which they blame on declining ad re- uh, advertising revenues, by the way, which they said yeah. before this suit was launched. And you're right; it reminds me of the the Internet Explorer antitrust thing too but it's very much like the trump stuff actually there's a very there's a thread that connects them is to assume that everyone is a fucking moron and you need to guide them because what they didn't understand was that everyone's just using the browser that's built in the initial surge prior to chrome was people abandoning internet explorer because it sucked for firefox and they started eating away at their market share Mm -hmm. and then chrome comes which is not part of the operating system. There was before there was a Chromebook, which is a, you know, a computer based on Chrome as an operating system, which would have been very complicating uh, for, for people that were making antitrust. If the actual operating system was a browser, which is, would have been like quite confusing for them. But the thing about this is it's a perfect time for it because I poked around a bit with, with this today and what I assumed would happen was happening. It's bipartisan. Oh, yeah. Republicans now, which didn't, this wasn't the case in 98, uh, and Democrats both, support, I mean, I, I, I was trying to find, you know, who the main voices in conservatism are. Uh, ben Shapiro, uh, on his radio show or podcast or whatever he does today, mm. was saying uh, that he supports this, this lawsuit. Um, and, you know, they what, have destroyed everything. Uh, it's big tech, well, man. It's big tech. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they'll find it's kind of backwards. You know, you find the rationale later, but you hate big tech <coughs> because you believe they're they're just a, you know, a viper pit of left wing ideologues that are destroying debate in America, et cetera. And then you can say, well, they're destroying the ad uh, market too. blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, not really. I mean, it's not not really there's there's a thing there that's real, right? Uh, but it, it, the thing is, is do you need the intervention of the government or is this going to 
uh, go the way of the dodo in the way that, that, you know, without government intervention, the same thing happened at Internet Explorer. The same happened with the Time Warner AOL deal. Yep. I mean, all these things that were supposed to, you cannot predict this stuff of where technology is going to go and what people will choose. And that's the problem with a lot of this tech related antitrust stuff is it presumes that they understand the trajectory of tech and the trajectory <laughs> of, 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 uh, uh, you know, people's preferences in tech. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, how do you make money if you don't charge people? <laughs> yeah, oh, I, yeah, exactly. We These are the people. Ads, too. Senators. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many years worth of headlines about Amazon? Like Amazon is, is definitionally an unserious company because they don't make money. That was yeah. like 10, 15 years of reporting was about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For and then sure. they're like too big. And now we'll, let's all uh, get excited if there's a, a union movement at a warehouse somewhere in Arkansas for Amazon. Yeah, I, I, I found uh, like there was a moment in Google search and in Gmail in, in particular. And, and, and as mentioned before, I'm uh, the world's lagging indicator about tech adoption. Um, but like there's a... <laughs> There was a moment in early on when it was so obviously better than whatever else was out there. And I I have found even in my old uh, man phase, like Google products are like, you start looking around like, this doesn't feel like it's as effective as it used to be. Google, mm -hmm. Google searching is not nearly as effective as it used to be. I've, I'm like, I, I'm frustrated not being able to get things that I want uh, that I, that I used to. And I've, I've, tend to think that like gmail will be like the last thing because it uh it was it solved the problem pretty well um and it's it, it's hard to walk away from too and it's hard to walk away from it's like walking away from a phone number um browsers not so hard to walk away from and uh you know even though no, I bought and you know and, and it's <laughs> it's amazing that that you know there's an army of people i know some of them actually who work in the the field of seo of search engine optimization. I mean, there's, there are people gaming this stuff all the time. They have to champion. I mean, look what happened to the ad uh, business for so many of these publications when Facebook changes its algorithm, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's a complicated thing, but what's amazing. I was talking to my doctor yesterday and I said, please don't send my prescriptions to capsule, which I thought was a pretty interesting innovation when they came out and they've turned out to be, uh, nightmarish to deal with. And so I said, you know, I, I, I'm going to try this because I don't know which pharmacy to go to, whatever, send this stuff to Google, to uh, Amazon. They have an Amazon pharmacy. And it's like, I want to try it out, send it to Amazon. I went to check out and we actually had this conversation and he was like, he was like, look, I hate to give Jeff Bezos. I think he's kind of a lefty guy. He's like, I hate to give Jeff Bezos credit, but you know, they've done like some pretty interesting stuff. And in, like the pharmacy world, I went to check out and I had something that is for my diabetes and there's a copay on it. It was like $95. And Amazon was like, oh, by the way, if you check out without your insurance and use this like coupon from the manufacturer, it's $25. Oh. And I was like, what? Is that real? And it was $25. I didn't use my insurance. Huh. And I told my doctor about this and he's like, no, no, no they've done some like, really interesting stuff. And it's like, what we can allow these big companies to do in a way is they have the money, they have the bandwidth, they're trying to kind of seize this, this market. And that can be a bad thing. It can be anti-competitive. I get all of that. But it's also, they also do often do things that other companies then copy them on and they don't have the resources to actually develop on their own. 
So they're like the they're like the leading bleeding edge, and they don't always stay there mm. because other people it becomes standard. They you know these technologies become standard. I mean, the fact that Uber created something that literally every app that I use has a version of. If you order like pizza, like I, it shows you the guy coming across the map. And that would have been invented by somebody. But there's like, technology is really interesting in that way that it's like, we assume that it's frozen in amber right at that moment. And there's a lot of just the existence of it is copied and, you know, improved upon. And it makes everybody's life better. It really does. I mean, Uber, how much money did Uber lose for the last, you know, five years? We all got the benefits Mm -hmm. of venture capitalists who were funding Uber, losing money, and giving us really, really cheap rides. It, it was amazing. It was amazing. And, yeah. and now that's not the case anymore. But for a long period there, you know, it, it, was, it was pretty impressive. So it benefited me. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anything else before we punch out of here? No, it's late. We should go. It's late. We should go. Okay. Old tired. Sick. Well, thanks to Ben Dreyfus for dropping by. It was great to see you guys. Uh, but I am exceedingly tired. I'm going to go to bed now. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse. The fifth column.